0: And welcome to the socially distanced podcast. Yeah, you know, it's Halloween. Of course, I gotta do the stupid voice. This is Bill Bodkin, of course, in the host seat for the hundred and eighty-first episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of the popbreak.com. And this is our annual Halloween episode. We've done a lot of cool ones in the past. Last year, everyone went insane talking about Halloween ends and how that was one of the greatest, wildest baddest movies to ever be made it was it's pure bad shit go back and listen to it i'll link it in the episode description but this this time around we're gonna be a little more on the rails no we're not uh and we're gonna be talking about a beloved tv series buffy the vampire slayer if you were here for christy swanson talk just go uh we are not talking about christy swanson or that movie maybe one day we will it's not a bad movie uh if you want to see our interview with Luke Perry go to our YouTube page it's on there we talked to him about Riverdale that's pretty cool but you know what else is pretty cool I have a loaded show this week for you guys and we're going to jump right into it first joining me in the hosting duties of course after uh the third degree burns delivered by her sister last week it is the human Star Wars encyclopedia the Padme Amadella of anime my co-host Amanda Rivas what's up dude
1: I survived
0: that was,
1: you know, the Thor to the Loki, you know, it was entertaining for all and we do it all the time. It's just that's just how it is in our household. But I love my sister As and this, I can't wait to have her back because I will have my revenge.
0: Uh, we don't worry. We've got an award named after her for this episode uh, because that heat was real thick. Now, I cannot do a Halloween episode literally written into uh, into uh, like our family crest by blood. Uh, without this person she is a pop break original and yes she is related to me uh, this is her favorite time of year because every day of her life is Halloween of course Anne Hale welcome back to the podcast
2: all hey, right thanks for uh asking me to join
0: I mean like literally it's just like mm, Buffy no I can't ask Anne to come on so uh and of course you wonder who Anne has uh, has been with us well over 10 years and has brought people onto site like uh, someone who's not on a podcast this week, but we wish him uh, a happy wedding and a happy life. Tommy Tracy, who's been on the pod a number of times, just got married this week, so congrats, Tommy, to you and your wife Olivia. We are so stoked for you guys. Enjoy your honeymoon, which I'm sure is going to be horror filled and amazing. So, someone and also brought to us is the uh, is the commander of our hearts. He is our booby. He is our white knight, the Ellis of the podcast growing shapes into the atmosphere ben murkerson welcome back pal we had to do this for you because you my friend are reviewing the buffy audio series for us
3: i am i was writing I'm that also, earlier
0: I'm, I'm like reminding <laughs> you you, gotta get you are doing
3: that right <laughs> correct <laughs> yes i am almost done now but i had to pause you know to come on here and talk to you fine folks of course and
0: finally joining us uh uh, Donned in her Sunnydale high uh, sweatshirt. I'm sure she's got a varsity jacket as well. Of course, you might know her as the co-host of our Erotic Thrower podcast, Not Couple Goals. She also was a, pod, a guest on our, um, I don't know if you guys know this, we have a political film podcast called Pop Break Goes to Washington, hosted by Allison Lips, our digital trends editor. And this month they did the, I forgot this movie existed, the 1999 quote unquote teen comedy about Richard Nixon, Dick. So yeah, we, we talked about that this week and uh, we not talk about things that involve thirst or buffy without her ally nelson welcome to the podcast
4: thank you so much for having me yeah oh. anytime anyone says buffy i gotta come running i've got my Good. steak got my holy water
0: i mean sounds like a catholic sunday all right <laughs> cool uh i was hoping that joke would get a little more reaction thanks guys uh but i was, any-
1: muted. I was muted i'm sorry <laughs> yeah,
0: you too nice sometimes Before we get into Buffy, we do have to do a little pregame segment, and that is actually going to be on the news with Netflix. Uh, Recently, Netflix came out and said uh, they're raising prices uh, while their stock prices surge and their subscriber uh, count is increasing. It's, It's something almost like $270 plus per share. It's it's absolutely bonkers. They're bumping their premium rate up to, I believe it's 20.99 now. And all amongst this, saying they cannot afford to pay actors. Hmm, the irony of that. Uh, And of course, if you want to uh, support all those actors who are on strike right now, go to Entertainment Communities. Uh, We'll be linking that in our uh, episode uh, description where you can donate to those who are on strike right now because we do support our artists and creatives around here. So guys, you're now going to pay, if you want premium with no ads, $20 plus per month. How much longer before we're like, this is not worth it? Um, Allie, I... Ironically, Tyler messaged me. He's like, what's the questions you're asking? I'm like, I'm asking this. He's like, did you just read um, Ali's entire story, Facebook story this morning? I'm like, oh, no. And you were mentioning a lot about Netflix. So I want to hear it from you first, like this rise in in price and stuff at a time like this with all the services out there. Is there a time you think where this Netflix bubble is going to burst?
4: Oh, fully. As, as I've been a casualty of the Netflix bubble bursting because I do work in television and they were green lighting everything for a while and then uh, now Yes, they were. <laughs> they are not. Um so there's a lot of people that entered into the industry and now don't have stable jobs and then they also are now striking people. So they're going to have no content because they've had a writer strike since May that just ended and then have an actor strike since July that's still ongoing. Yet they have the audacity to raise the rate when there's going to be a whole, just all it's going to be is reality content. Probably not going to be great reality content. There's going to be like none of the originals that people actually like. And there's not going to be also just other stuff for them to put on that's new and current. I don't know where they feel like it's okay to do that, and then continue to give like Ted Saranto's like a ten million dollar bonus at the end of each year when he that that's not deserved.
0: Uh, so another question I have is: are are you also surprised that by their they're cracking down on the password sharing, and yet that has not adversely kind of affected them? It feels like everything they've done. I'm always like, oh, dude, people are going to bail, and they don't. Showing you that I don't know shit about shit. Uh, so I mean. You know, are you surprised by that, that they haven't been affected by any of this?
4: I mean, I'm not surprised that they're cracking down on the password sharing. I do no, think no that idea. that is probably their biggest loss of, you know, how many people were using like a friend of a friend of a friend's account for so long. Uh, so I get where they're cracking down Amanda. on that.
0: Amanda.
4: <laughs> yeah. Actually, you, I, I was, was using, using my your sisters.
0: <laughs> you can't talk shit about her anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but but to be fair, she's using a bunch of mine too,
1: so. All right. Oh, yeah, that's the
4: ecosystem we have going. But that's the problem is that, like, right now I have, like, six of the streaming services, but I'm eventually going, like, people are going to just go to torrenting, and people already have, because it's worse than paying for cable. Like, you have to pay for internet already. Are you going to pay for that and then pay for, you know, Peacock and Netflix and Hulu and Max and all that? You're not going to.
0: Inhale. this is not something you and I often talk about. It's usually like weird, gross stuff or nothing. What do you think? Do you think Netflix is like is really kind of playing with fire here?
2: Yeah. Uh, number one, what, they're losing Mike Flanagan, right? He's After gone. He's gone. He's gone.
0: He is now officially gone
2: yeah so any new show that he does they've already lost it it's gone um they're gonna have what wednesday if if they pay people right you think jenna ortega is gonna stick around she's not she's huge she can do whatever she wants stranger things is gonna be over after the next season that's holding people onto netflix i mean
0: you don't I think mean, I don't game like the-
2: for the account Squid Everybody Game, the needs-
0: game, is not going to keep people's attention. No, no, man. What's well, I Man, I, When's I think
2: the he just. Uh, Stranger Things. I that's think sur- that's going to be.
0: I, I'll let you know. I was an original Netflix subscriber. DVDs loved it. Lost jobs. I'm like, I got to cut. So I cut the reason I came back with Stranger Things season one, like second weekend, I was like, I'm going to come back and try it out. Then I'm like, boom, I'm hooked. And I'll be honest with you, I don't really watch it that much. I watch Great British Baking Show, which I'll be on the Roses and Rejections podcast to talk about this week. Uh, but that's it. I watch Disney Plus probably every day, you know, because I also have a nine year old. But it's like, yeah, I, I'm just like, OK, if I lose net for me, it's like they keep charging it's just like i also have cable and i'm just like i'm eventually gonna have to unless i actually get a job that pays me <laughs> like, decent money i'm gonna have to like just cut this because it's it's not worth it uh ben we know you roll big like our boy ellis and die hard uh you know buy check out you know check out the watch you know for those in those who know no it's uh, <laughs> A reference to Die Hard. You dig I know, um. man, Uh, but it's so for you, Netflix raising these rates. Are you just ready to punch out on this or is it or is it just like it's become such a vital part of the everyday like Netflix is just what you have. The other stuff can go kick
3: rocks. I'm. I mean, well, they lost my favorite show already because it ended Peaky Blinders. So I was already ready to move on. You know, I could let it go. Um, I haven't yet, but I was actually just thinking about this the other day because there's so much content out there. I really just need to like cancel all of them, just keep one, watch until I've exhausted that one, and then cancel that one, move to another one, rather than just paying them all and bouncing around because I'm never going to get to everything I want to see unless I do it that way. Uh, I, there's not a lot of shows that like I – I'm eagerly anticipating that I can be aware of on Netflix right now. I don't watch any of the reality stuff, uh, so that's not going to be a draw for me. Um, So it'd have to be something big for me to come back and and really need Netflix. I mean, I still got to review all the Paramount content for you, Bill. I mean, literally, you are the Paramount plus king. (laughs)
0: Um, Amanda, you stream a lot. I know you do, and Netflix does have a robust anime section. I mean, One Piece apparently... um, on the geek end uh, coming up in a few weeks is one piece is going to get some sort of announcement for you. Are you just like, man, Oh man, this is like this, this puts a little bit of a crunch on it. Or are you going to move down to a lower tier?
1: Honestly, I'm going to move. I think I'm going to move down to a lower tier because really what I'm using it for is the anime. And I think, I think right now Netflix, because they are still coming out with at least good original anime content. You know, they do have a like Castlevania nocturne, um, My happy yeah. marriage, which which we'll be we'll be talking about in a bit, or at least for for anime pop, um, you know they they have other original animes that are that are very good. And of course, the One Piece live action as well, and they do carry dubs for you know some of the um, existing anime, which is which is fine. I mean, I use Crunchyroll really for that, but I can see myself going to a lower tier because I have Crunchyroll. Like I'm in the same boat like Ben you know, it's like, you know, we've been consolidating my, if we don't have anything in the ecosystem with other people, then we, we, we've consolidated down. Um, you know, so for my anime, I use a lot, I use Crunchyroll mostly, but that's the only reason why I still have Netflix is there's some animes on there that I can't get elsewhere yet. Um, hopefully (laughs) maybe one day, but Netflix is pretty tight when it comes to their, their anime rights and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, I, I, thought about you know kind of like what ali said too just the whole like it's surprising that they raise the prices now but it's really not i feel like they're doing it to kind of just bluff um and just say you know things are fine despite what you're hearing despite you know everything that's going on we'll be just fine kind of like you know,
0: I, I have something I have something to add to that. I'm wondering if it's a bluff to be like, OK, you're not going to pay 2099, but you'll pay 899 and you'll look at the ads. That's right. I think what this is all pushing people towards. I, I mean, guys, this is open to everyone. Do you think that's what they're trying to push people to the ad tier so they can now double dip? I get your subscription and now I can go to Toyota and say, like, hey, Stranger Things season five could it be the biggest thing in the world. Why don't you advertise Budweiser? Microsoft, you name it, name big ass company, Nike, just to put everything in there. Do you think that's what they're trying to do, or they're just trying to milk people for everything? Ali, I want to go to you first.
4: Well, yeah, I was reading in Variety that that all of the analysts said like, eventually it just became where they didn't have advertising. You cannot do this without advertising. That's why TV is the way that it is. And they're trying to push everybody to the advertising tier because they know most people probably not going to pay upwards you know 21 23 dollars but also they they made it sneaky too because like the tier that I'm at which is like basic no ads you they're getting rid of it but if you already have it you can grandfather in and you could still keep it they're going to raise it by two dollars but if you ever get rid of it you're going to lose the ability to have that tier so they're they're being sneaky that they're keeping people that way and then they'll also because if people do cancel they can make them get onto the the ad one they don't want people to have the basic no ads
0: all right so that's our pregame so netflix <laughs> yeah, it's i i don't it's the thing i just don't think people are going to get rid of it if they didn't get rid of it after the pandemic when they started ra- raising rates when they started putting ads in that's a big thing but i do think they're not considering what ann said a lot of and and ben too is like peaky blinders is gone stranger things will be gone flanagan's gone you're gonna keep losing that big content this isn't like when they lost like stuff like um oh like house of cards and right. and orange is new black because those kind of ran the course right and they had everything lined up in the pipeline like we got all these new shows for you guys to check out and according to their metrics everything they put out is is huge right so <laughs> it's like so you have stuff like that so I don't know if Netflix, I I think Netflix is I well, think that, that, they were yeah go ahead
4: but they cancel everything after like one season. So yes. it's like be- because they cancel things so fast, like I know I don't want to watch a first season of something because I'm afraid it's going to get invested and then it's going to end on a cliffhanger and I'm not going to watch it. So people aren't going to want to watch shows because they've already lost that trust. So how are they going to get new people coming on or people to stay?
0: I think and also Witcher is another one they're losing. Well, I mean, they're still going, but they technically lost it. <laughs> let's let's face yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the Hemsworth brother is—he's now Thor, but I think that yeah, unless they start announcing like, "Hey, we're going to have a minimum two seasons of this." That's, well, that's, you know.
1: and they're still announcing content. Like they just started announcing that like they're hyping on the anime side right now—the Yu Yu Hakusho huge. live action, which is huge. So I mean, they're still—they right now, I think they still have enough original content to go on. But like Anne mentioned, there's there's not a lot in the, the pike. Everything is it's it's slowed down it's not happening and and you know they're just still operating under the assumption that they're somehow they're still going to magically come up with with original content that somehow will still uh, be out there even though realistically i don't see that happening
0: i agree so guys on hulu so yeah yeah it it is i watched (laughs) a version of our we're going to be reviewing i'll get into it 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 went to it it went to a place so guys Thank you for for pre-gaming with us. Now we're going to hear a couple ads from a couple shows on the Pop Break Podcasting Network.
3: Hey there. This is Josh. And this is Aaron. And we're the host of the Anniversary
0: Brothers Podcast. The podcast where we talk about the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and movies. Hey, Aaron. What do Muppet Treasure Island, Arrow, and The Birds have in common? Uh, They all feature bird puppets. Close. They're all movies and shows we've covered on the pod. Find our film podcast on the Pop Break Today feed. And find our TV podcast on the Pop Break TV feed.
2: Thanks. Bye.
4: Hey, I'm Allie Nelson, and I love romantic thrillers. And I'm Tyler McCarthy, and I don't know much about romantic thrillers. Together, we host Not Couple Goals, where we discuss the best and, let's face it, worst in romantic thriller cinema. We cover classics like Wild Things and Cruel Intentions. And newer releases like The Boy Next Door and Deepwater. Sometimes it's just us. Other times we're joined by great guests, including some of your Pop Break favorites. So, if like me, romantic thrillers are your guilty pleasure, or you were raised on Lifetime movies like me, join us every other Thursday on the Pop Break Today feed.
0: And we are back talking of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the series. Originally aired on the WB Network, guys. RIP. The WB with that goddamn frog. Uh, <laughs> as Michigan J-Frog as their mascot. Um, ran from 1997 to 2003. Of course, the final season airing on another long-forgotten network, UPN. So guys, let's get into our personal history with Buffy. Uh, let's talk about how we um, let's let's let Bill get to his actual questions and ask the right thing so what was your introduction to Buffy this series was and I'm going to start with you because I feel like it all started I said we weren't going to talk about her but I feel like it all started with Christy Swanson and dollars it all started with
2: Christy Swanson
0: (laughs) son of a bitch isn't that everyone's life these days it all starts with Christy Swanson it
2: does
0: oh (laughs) uh so
2: there was a uh a rental place A couple miles down the street from our house called City Video. And every, I think Wednesday, they did $1 rentals. So mom would let all four kids pick out a movie every week. And every week I picked Buffy the Vampire Slayer because that was my movie. I was in love with Christy Swanson. And then the show came out and I was devastated because I thought it was going to be terrible because I loved the movie so much. Can't redo that movie, right? Well, (laughs) Um, then I should up So I it does
0: the soundtrack does have a great Rob Halford song on there. I'll say
2: that. It's so good. So uh I watched Scream, which maybe did last summer. oops I've never seen Scream in my life. Anyone um, doesn't
0: so but people don't realize on an audio podcast is Anne is in a room filled with ghost face masks. And I'm, I'm dead serious. This whole room is is a shrine to Scream. If you if you know our our old film editor Dan Cohen from Batman by the Numbers, he has a shrine to in his closet to Tom Brady and Christopher Nolan. This puts it to shame with how much Scream material is in there.
2: So this right here is an original 1996 promo Jiffy Pop from Scream, just to tell you how nerdy I am. Oh, okay, man,
0: I really hope you eat it one day. <laughs> so, it almost, it almost uh, sounds like I'm wishing you death. I'm not.
2: <laughs> so I? I watched, um, I watched, I know I did last summer, and I loved Sarah Michelle Geller. And my boyfriend in high school told me that I needed to watch Buffy. If I loved Sarah Michelle Geller, I needed to watch Buffy. So I got into Buffy uh, season two, episode five. It was Reptile Boy when she goes to the oh, fraternity. Okay. So that was my first episode ever, it was Reptile Boy. And it was funny and it was creepy, and Cordelia was amazing, and I loved Cordelia, which Cordelia was awesome. Um, so that after that, I was obsessed, man. I had a Buffy bedroom; everything was Buffy.
0: That, that doesn't shock me. Literally seeing what you're doing right now, it does not shock me. Had a Buffy bedroom for me. Uh, I, had no, I had heard of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, no interest. Uh, and then you know, listen, I was a, I was a susceptible teen going to an all boys Catholic high school in the in the mid to late nineties. And so the WB had all the good-looking girls on it. Of course, Katie Holmes is as as uh, Joey from Dawson's Creek, and then literally every woman who was on Buffy. So uh, when my parents were not in the room, it, it sounds like I'm watching porn when I say this. I apologize, but it's just like this is stuff they wouldn't watch. So I would just sneak and watch episodes of Buffy, and I thought it was great. I'm like, this is awesome. It's just like it's like like cool kids are watching this, but it's also kind of nerdy and like sci-fi and, and horror I'm like this is great but I never really finished it um or I only caught bits and pieces I should say and I remember my college girlfriend and I like would watch episodes and I watched the finale live with her but then um, my wife and I Dory quarantine watched it from start to finish all the way through so my first full watch was during uh probably 2020 is when I got the full watch and I just love the shit out of it, so that's why I'm very happy doing this podcast. Because man, if I hated it, that'd be really weird. I'd do a podcast on it. So you're wearing the sweatshirt, Ali. So tell us why. Uh, tell us all about your introduction to Buffy.
4: So I grew up in a in a big horror household. By the time I was yeah. five, I was I was watching the X Files, and my mom had shown me my first R-rated movie, which was Aliens. Uh, wow, good wait, good introduction yeah but i had a really bad nightmares all the time and my mom was like why does she always have nightmares and so when buffy came out i was also still a a wee child and it was you know kind of right up my mom's alley she loved watching that kind of stuff so we watched uh season one episode five the pack i believe it's episode five uh which is kind of a reviled episode but like at the time it was my intro and i still kind of have a love for that episode i think it's a fun episode uh and immediately hooked like a lifelong obsession was born um, the way that you have your scream shrine i have literally a buffy shrine in our living room it's one of the first things you see when you walk in got all the funcos got like my on our wedding cake Instead of doing a Bride and Groom, we had a Captain America and a Buffy Summers on top of the cake because that's what I wanted instead of a little bride. So every memorabilia, comic book, uh, even like the fictional books. And then I'm currently listening to the Audible. So yeah definitely buffy in my blood
0: i thought so there's like a, a sheet behind you i thought you were going to just pull it down and be like here it is here's my buffy room
4: <laughs> that Sad. would have been pretty epic <laughs>
0: or is this tyler on the other side uh but ben listen your fandom i'll put in quotes of uh, for sarah michelle geller has been documented on this podcast You've reviewed everything she's done. Also, check out our interview with her on the dot f- with uh when she was on Star Wars Rebels, Um, which is we can never do go podcast without mentioning that show. Uh, so tell us how you got into Buffy when you were a wee wee
3: rave kid. That yeah, I was eleven. I guess that's we. Uh, so could, ironically, listen, UFO pants come in all sizes, buddy. So let's <laughs> let's go my uh my very first episode was also the pack which was funny because the WB yeah was uh doing this thing I didn't see season one like when it picked up it was like the shortened season but they were doing a thing where they were re-airing like season one on Mondays I think and then they would do the live episode of season yeah. two like on Tuesday so I was watching that whole first thing like out of order so not a lot of context to what I was doing but I was doing that so that's how I got into it and the pack was the very first episode I watched and it's a really trippy episode where Xander's possessed by hyenas it's just off the walls but but I really dug like the humor of it, and obviously fell in love with uh, Sam Michelle Geller immediately. Uh, so then I just started watching it every single week um, live, you know, until it went off the air. And uh, my very first trip to Los Angeles, uh, the first thing I did was drag my wife to Torrance High School to take pictures, uh, and then walk down the street to the Summers household to take pictures there. So, uh, yeah, huge fan. I definitely and, think you told that story.
4: I yeah, yeah,
3: I think my, my pop breaker, something on here, one of my pictures is just me sitting out in front of the school. So it's, I think it was a profile picture for a while. Yeah. Buffy fandom runs deep. And and yes, obviously, Sarah Michelle Gellar fandom continues beyond that, too. Oh, don't worry. We'll talk more about that later. And
0: Amanda, close us out. Your 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 love for Buffy.
1: Well, when did it, start? I, it started because my sister watched the show first. oh, and, oh yeah. Yeah, she she Babe. watched. She was a big, she was a big fan, uh, huge fan. She she loved, very much loved the show. So she was watching it. I want to say we it was the first season that, and I want to say I so I watched it a little behind. So she, I remember seeing her just watch it when I would be walking by or whatever. And and one of the, and I want to say they were re airing the first episode because it was I remember Angel showing up david boreanaz and i'm like okay uh, vampire human there we go right there yeah i have a type we all know we um <laughs> so it's
0: like david boreanaz eugene cordero jeff gobel there you go right it's a joke from
1: last week <laughs> which yeah he heard that one it was like really guys really
2: <laughs> if the shirt um, fits
1: Right. Um, but I was very intrigued. And so I sat down. We just that's how we we were just bond. We were just watching TV. I would watch Buffy with her because she watched wrestling with me. So um and I really enjoyed it. I liked how it was just a, a mix of supernatural elements. But then you had like this this like tragic love story because Angel and Buffy couldn't be together. But then you had her kind of I I just love that she was a strong female character in terms of just the fighting action you got. Like they didn't baby her. Like she was like in there. Um, And just, you know, the, just that the relationships between everybody, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was lighthearted. It was heavy. It was just kind of everything. I feel like it was very ahead of its time in terms of um, even though it was perfect for us watching it at the time, I feel like a lot of the concepts and the way it was structured were just, it was just really, really good compared to what was out there at the time. I feel like TV wise. And so sat there and just, and I enjoyed it. And that's again, something that she and I did together and uh, still, of course, we had opposing teams. She was Team Spike, I was Team Angel, and you know, <laughs> we still feel to this day. We, still, I mean, it's just like Justin Timberlake and JC from NSYNC. You know, there's that whole I just, thing I there just, too. I, I, Jesus Christ.
0: Uh, <laughs> So, there, so I just want to give people some context when Ben mentioned he was watching like season one, season two, season one, actually, they both aired the same year. They both aired in 1997. Uh, season one was a 12 episode arc that it ran from March to early June, and then it came back September through uh the 97 through may of 98 so that's that's how you get to see it and i, I remember that's how kind of i was watching and it. it was a little weird because i wasn't watching it sequentially because also mondays was monday nitro and monday night raw so it's just like cool i get to see pretty girls here luchadores and then stone cold sea boss so monday nights were awesome in the 90s so Speaking of awesome things in the 90s, it's a horrible transition because no one's gonna like it. Doesn't make any sense when I ask this nice question. Real quick question: How many times have you watched this series from start to finish? For me, the answer is one, and you're going last because I feel like it's actually Al, you're going last. Ben, how many times do you think you've seen this series from start to finish?
3: I know that I've watched it four times start to finish. Um, and then I watched like Single episodes, like around holidays, like pangs on Thanksgiving and the Halloween episodes and whatnot. But four times, start to finish. Amanda,
1: completely from start to finish, one time. Although I do watch a lot of, I catch episodes here and there, and you know, kind of that kind of thing. But from sitting down, like start to
2: finish, straight up, one time.
0: And is it over ten?
2: Uh so I have watched the show, start to finish. Uh, anywhere from one to three times a year since 1997. <laughs> so 50 to
0: 80 times. Uh, fuck, man. I thought my once a year of seeing Sex in the City from start to finish was a lot, and it is. Uh, mm. Although I do like the series, not the movies. The movies are trash. But uh, the second one especially. But anyway, that's that's quite a bit. Allie, can you top that?
4: I could not top that. I would say- And hell,
0: heavyweight champion.
4: <laughs> Probably done it about 12 times start to finish, but I do sort of just always- Put it on, so like they'll just be Buffy going on in the background, and then definitely did like all of the comics and even like the little like origins comics and stuff. So I feel like I filled in the gaps and stuff with my time spent with Buffy, even when I'm not watching it.
3: Do you mix in the Angel episodes when you're doing the watch so that you keep it like
0: okay? Here that okay. I, That's not on my list. Okay.
3: Okay, so. <laughs> so here, Angel, I've never seen an episode,
0: never seen an episode of Angel. And 50 to 80 times, how many times does Angel start to finish? Or have you even watched all of Angel?
2: I have never watched Angel start to finish. I liked season one. I thought Quinn was great. Cordelia was great. They kept her on character. Uh, season two, Quinn was, I mean, spoiler, but it's been like 20 years. So Quinn was dead. And Aww. Uh, they started to Poor like, Quinn. they started to like really screw with Cordelia's character. She started to like, kind of suck. And um, I thought that was they did Cordelia real dirty. So plus Angel was never my favorite anyway. So oh,
0: like. oh, OK. I was going to say, um, OK, Amanda, Team Angel, how many times have you seen that show?
1: I start to finish twice, but I watch episodes here and there. And I kind of do the same thing where it's like if I watch an episode of Buffy and it's a crossover, you know, I kind of I'll put Angel on like
4: right after. Same. That's the right. You have to do that. You have to do it that way. The arc of that episode. Yes.
0: If you're a Law & Order fan, they do some homicide crossovers. You can't find those second episodes. They have not put homicide on streaming, especially with David Simon doing it. He did like, you know, The Wire. Uh, so it's like they're like, ah, fuck it, I don't wait to see it. Um, all right, Allie Angel.
4: I've only watched Angel. I would say probably I watched it when it aired, and then I watched it once on streaming. I it's a very inconsistent show. When I do watch it now, I watch just like the episodes I like. Like they they don't find the team that they like until like season four, and then season four they really nuke like Cordelia's character, and then season five they like just change everything up and like retcon the whole show. So it's like it's a it's hard to watch like he's a better character on his own show because they had to give him like some personality but in general it's just such an inconsistent show the tone isn't very fun there's just like whole like streaks of really boring like bad episodes but like the episodes that are good and the characters that are good are like really good like Andy Hallett as Lauren fantastic I love him but you know other than that it's like you get those little like bright moments like him but yeah it's it's a it's a hard to watch show Uh, The crossovers are good, though.
0: Okay. So I got to ask the hard question here. It's not a fun question at all, but I got to ask it. It's the Joss Whedon of it all. Obviously, Joss Whedon created this. You know, this was his thing. Does everything that's come to light with him, how does that impact or does it impact your viewing of Buffy, uh, so Anne, I want to start with you.
2: I try not to let it affect like my love for the show. I try to separate um, him from like the great performances the cast give. I try to like put more focus on that, but like knowing how horrible he treated Charisma Carpenter, yeah, is a little. That's a little tough, and like knowing that we could have had so much more cordelia or we could have had like better cordelia or better things could have happened for cordelia that that part kind of sucked
0: for me yeah it's it's kind of like how i view a lot of his stuff like firefly avengers other you know agents of shield which we're doing right now on bill versus the mcu i mean he didn't do a lot with his brother obviously did but yeah it's it's like you have to address it because it's just like so it's like, I'll say it, fuck that guy, piece of shit. The show is great. And I feel bad for the people who were involved, like Chris McCarpenter. It's just like, God damn it. Like that whole thing came out. It's so heartbreaking to hear all that stuff. And like, and I think I appreciate all the, perf- like you said, and like the performance is more like this guy was like that the whole time and look what he, what what they put out there just despite, despite that is pretty great. So, but yeah, fuck Joss Whedon, so whatever it's just we're gonna hate me i don't care um amanda does it impact you at all
1: so definitely i'm on the fuck josh whedon side like it's just it's awful what he did and um you know especially with charisma carpenter just you know i'm with you Anne. like we could have had just knowing that we could have had so much more and she could have had a a much more fair shake you know it's it's hard um and you know we run into this conundrum a lot in the anime side of things too um, with some of the, you, you know, you hear like things about the creators of mangas and animes and, and, you know, you really, what I've, what I focus on is the performances as well. It's hard, but the performances, like just knowing that the cast did a fantastic job despite everything that was going on. Um, you know, I, I hope that it's like, you know, it's, it's my way, like saluting their, their work, their ethic, their, their bravery, their strength for, for pushing on, um, but, you know, it is it is hard to stomach. It is hard to stomach that. But I don't want to take away from the great performances, nor should we, because we we, you know, Sarah Michelle Geller was excellent, you know, uh, James Marsden, you just everybody, you know, the core, like our Scooby-Doo gang, you know, was it, it, it was really uh, they did an awesome job. And so you no, know, fuck Josh Whedon but they
4: would not be held down they made they did uh, the best with what they
1: had
0: absolutely Allie
4: yeah it's definitely gross I mean it was sort of a a, a, a not a secret in the fandom what he had done to Charisma Carpenter for years before oh, she came out yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for me the big because it's you know that was sort of known but it wasn't 100% confirmed, but it was when his wife came out and with her essay in like 2017 that I was immediately like, oh, he sounds disgusting. He is a fake feminist. He's been making money off of us. And like I had wanted to get a Buffy tattoo that definitely put the kibosh on it. As much as I obviously still love the show, uh, I'm like obsessively in love with the show. Um, and, and like I definitely think there's no Buffy without Sarah Michelle Geller. Like you see, like the movie is nowhere near. What the quality of Buffy, like the show, because you have somebody like Sarah Michelle Geller like holding it all together, playing it very seriously when she has to be talking about demons and and still playing the comedy of it. So I like to you know celebrate all of them, and there were so many other writers who were like yeah. being terrorized at the same time by Joss Whedon, yeah. who also you know Marty Noxon, like people that have come up off of it. So you can celebrate. All of them and not have to celebrate the one dude who turned out to be like a huge tool bag. And
3: Ben. Yeah, I I cope with it by saying any of the story arcs or episodes that I didn't like, I just blame it on Joss Whedon, whether it was his or not. Just, you know, I agree. Say fuck him for that. Like, that's his fault. Uh, and yeah, the, the Chris McCarpenter stuff, just from listening to her, like, uh, on, you know, panels and stuff at Comic Cons and whatnot, like, you knew that she was done dirty and it just kind of eventually came out. And she didn't like the way her character ended. Um, obviously, Emma Coughlin didn't like the way her character ended like there's a lot of people that were unhappy with kind of their ending on the show um thankfully chris mccarpenter did get one amazing send-off episode at the end of angel her last appearance um which they needed to throw her she's amazing in that one so if you're going to do an Angel rewatch, just individual episodes do that one but the great thing you know the review I'll, I'll speak on it more but with slayers the buffy first story you get to see or listen to cordelia um be a slayer so you get to see her in a whole new light oh, and awesome. uh, it's really exciting like episodes in just the ones that they had sent me but uh it's nice that they're able to kind of take back over uh this story and make it their own and be the ones that push it forward completely you know devoid of, of joss whedon so everything they're doing now with it is is just them so that's great to to listen to and i'm excited to see what they do with it
0: yeah it's and it, it's the actress soup oh i'm gonna totally beef her name uh, Benson. yes she's actually in charge of it and so it's that's very interesting so moving on from uh that Kind of very serious subject. And Hale, you have a Buffy tattoo.
2: I do.
3: What is oh it? My
2: God. Okay, so um, season three Can we all take
3: guesses. No, <laughs>
2: you're not gonna get it. Nobody, okay. you're not gonna it's get just, it. So it's just, three, it's just a big. It's um, like,
0: it's like your whole back is just Giles's face. Is that what
2: it is? <laughs> no, season three. I think it's episode weird. eleven. It's uh, gingerbread where it's uh, the demon that likes turns into Hansel and Gretel basically and like oh yeah uh, the monster moo right mother is against the occult and blah 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 and they like try to burn the witches. Um the symbol that the witches have the like triangle with the like square I have that.
4: Oh that's cool though that's it's not like cool. it's also just like kind of a deep cut. So it's I feel like it's like people have like, you know, Harry Potter tattoos and now it's like super uncool to have that. And you'll have like the Harry Potter scar on your face. And everybody knows what that means. But I feel like that's a cool deep cut. Only other it's Buffy like, fans. You,
2: you don't know what it is unless you know what it is. You know, yeah.
0: what I mean? you know, you know,
2: that's the kind of stuff I like.
0: So guys, let's move into a different segment where we're going to give out some awards. We're going to talk about our favorites. And we have a special write in for this section. My wife, Sue, who will never be on this podcast, even though I've asked her to is a massive Buffy fan. And so she has given her answers for this as well. So I want to go into our first award. I wish I could toggle between screens, uh, screens better. And this one I'm just going to call You're the Best Around. Think of the song from The Karate Kid. Let it seep in your head for a while. It's there. You're welcome. And this is our award for the best, your favorite episode. doesn't have to what you think is the best episode, but your favorite episode, that comfort food that you go back to for me, it's a weird one. It's that, um, and I'm going to pull up the, the season and the episodes, because um, I'm a big fan of team-ups, and big fights. So Season 3, Episodes 21 and 22, Graduation, where everyone <laughs> comes together, even kids who are just like rando students, not the Scooby gang, fighting demons and vampires. And the principal gets eaten by a giant, uh, cra- you, know, you know, Cthulhu, essentially. And it's amazing. It is so much fun. It's got so many stakes in it everyone is great in it. I absolutely friggin love that episode so much of course faith is a part of that um who is a who's a great character by the way so I love that episode can watch it anytime it's on uh Ben I want to go to you what is what wins your comfort food you're the best around for best
3: your favorite episode that comfort food episode yeah cuz there's definitely some like emmy worthy episodes yes, of course. Um, but my personal favorite. I've always been a fan of *Lovers Walk*, uh, which has a little title with double meaning. But it's underdog favorite for me. But it's one of the most rewatchables because I really do love the Spike character. Uh, so premise: Spike returns, like to Sunnydale, drunk off his ass, and he's depressed because Drew left him. And so he ends up oh, kidnapping, yeah. you know, Willow and, and Xander, trying to get Willow to do a love spell to get them back together. Uh, it's just a lot of fun because Spike's still evil, like he's killing people, and he's a dick, uh, but he's also like sad and depressed, and just like he has the scene with Joyce. Which is amazing. Uh, one of the most like regifables <laughs> that you see, like him kind of overjoyce. Uh, and then there's also like a lot of you know deep stuff in that episode too. You know between it's where things come to a head with uh, with Oz and Cordelia, and uh, you know them basically getting cheated on uh, because Willow and Xander are having their That's little right. thing at the time. Um, and it has like an amazing fake out. You know where Cordelia falls, you know through the rebar and. Uh, You know, they make it seem like she's uh, no longer among us. And like, I will say it did get me the way that they set that up the first time. I was like, did they really just do this? Uh, It was such a great like cut like that. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, like really Allison Hannigan and James Marster's crush in that episode, like they're both fantastic. And I always wanted if I did go to any of these cons where Charisma Chase was there, as a child she literally fell through rebar at her pool and had like that exact same like space uh, like go through her. So I always wondered like if that was brought into the storyline by her in some capacity. And everybody asked the same questions, I was like, That's kind of a unique one. I wanna ask that for some time if I ever uh, catch her. But yeah, really weird story from her childhood that they actually put into the show. But great episode got to go back and rewatch it. If nothing else than just James Marster is playing drunk and depressed is perfection. Amanda, what is your
0: favorite episode?
1: Oh, it's tough because I, I don't know if I have like a a hardcore favorite because I for me I really enjoyed the Buffy Angel arc. Will they won't like will they be together won't they? I thought that was just a really unique I, I like that twist where it's like they they can't be together because he goes back to being evil like it, it i thought that was such a, a such a cool thing so f- for me i really liked the becoming episodes um because it's like it's it's coming to a head you know at that at that point in terms of, of the relationship you get angel's backstory um and just again it's just she you know buffy's ha- has is, is has made that decision it's a, it's a hard choice i mean it's like here's here's this guy who you've been in love with will you won't you you know, the, the and the tension and the, the the chemistry between, you know, Angel and Buffy. You know, I'm a sucker for stuff like that. Like I'm I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. You know, I, I I'm like I, I, I wanna be Buffy. <laughs> Although um I uh I I I would be really sad though if Brandon turned evil if that was <laughs> Well, he is kind of, gay, but he is, he is a little evil already as it is, but, um, but you know, it's just, it's just getting that, that whole, the whole backstory and kind of how the, how both episodes go back and forth between the past, the present, it kind of just, I just thought it was they were both really well done. And so I, I'm here for the becoming. Because again, I, I'm I'm the whole doomed romance thing is that that the You're romantic. A yeah, I'm a sucker for all of it. So I love I love those two episodes.
0: Uh the write in from my wife is uh it's a bit of a deep cut one. It is season seven, episode eleven called Showtime. She's like, This is the Thunderdome episode, and she's like, It's all action and I goddamn love it. And I just found that out today working at a snack stand for a softball game for her. So she's like, I love that one. And I'm just like, not what I was thinking you'd choose, but yeah. uh, season seven is not what a lot of people choose episodes from, I feel like. So I I leave uh, the final two. So, Anne, what is your comfort food episode?
2: Uh, So mine is there's two of them and they like go together. Um, So Ben said lover's walk and after lover's walk, like next episode is the wish. And that's when Cordelia um, is healing from her wound and she comes back and it's your introduction to Anya. She's the the wish demon. Um, right. And Cordelia wishes that Buffy had never come to Sunnydale. So then you go into this, like, different kind of dimension Sunnydale where Willow and Xander are vampires. Um, Buffy is yeah. never there. Uh, Willow, is, well, Willow's the vampire. Uh, Giles, Oz, and Larry, of all people, are the white hats that are, like, killing vampires. Um, so I'm obsessed with that episode. But then to go with it is Land where... Anya's trying to get her necklace back from that dimension so that she can like get her powers back. And uh, they like she and Willow screw this spell up. And then evil Willow comes from that dimension. And the two of them, it's good Willow and bad Willow in the same, like together, Um, seeing Willow as a vampire. And then like with good Willow and then the whole thing where like Angel comes like busting in after everybody already knows that Willow is like. A vampire and he's like all confused it's hilarious i love those episodes so much
0: Allie, what's your comfort food
4: and so this uh, people love to ask me this question because they know how much i love buffy and it's like choosing a favorite child for me it like makes me uh like my brain stops computing uh i'll say i love the high school years season two is my favorite So I would say, like, in ties, like, I love, like, my favorite event episode is Hush, which we'll talk about. My favorite, like, fun episodes are two of the Ethan Rain episodes, the Halloween episode in season two, and then Band Candy in season three, because I just love, like, the mischief that comes out of both of them. Like, both of them, he casts spells that end up making people act completely differently, like... Halloween, they all become their Halloween costumes. And then band candy, the adults all start acting like teenagers because they're eating tainted candy. And it's fun to see like teenager Giles and everything like that. My favorite serious episode is in season two is passion because I think that's just a really fucking stellar episode. That's the one where uh, Miss calendar dies and like Angel like sets her up in Giles's house, like as if they're going to have sexy time. And instead he finds her body and it's just like a really, it's a really well done episode has a great narration and just like really devastating.
0: Let's move on to something uh, I named after Amanda's sister, which is called the Seething Hate Award. the Vanessa Gonzalez Seething Hate Award for the character we hated the most in Buffy. And please allow me to now take the floor because I got I, I have a problem with um I'm gonna get it with just want to get his name right. the actor. Is Mark Lucas the character? Riley, Riley is Finn. is, is no, I just remember yeah. is Riley Finn. <laughs> so much hate for Riley. <laughs> Fuck that guy. What a rate! First off, incompetent. Oh, just a fucking idiot. Like you are undercover. You're 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 a government agent. You're undercover. You suck. You're th- like the dirt worst like watching hush i'm just like dude you can't do anything like you have a gun with a stake in it you've got a you've got electricity gun you have years of combat training and you can't get a guy who's like in a broken straight jacket you can't beat him up go away go home he was such and he was such a douche canoe during the entire thing with Buffy he always I always felt like he was such a dick I did not they did not have I did not think they had any chemistry at all like and it was just like she was just chasing after him I'm like Buffy stay single he is not worth your time Riley Finn fuck that guy the worst when he leaves and doesn't he come back at some point
4: he comes yeah. back he's in married married. So, yeah he's married
0: yeah, I'm just like I don't need you here. This is like when I'm watching Agents of Shield, and fucking Grant Ward comes back. I'm like, "Fuck, why? No, oh, stop It <laughs> it's just like it's like when someone says the word dungarees, and then I just like fucking snap in my, in my head. Uh, it's when I see that guy, and we had to I had to pick Hush, which he is a major part of, and I was just seething hate. I felt like Amanda's sister so much that time. I didn't feel like a lawyer. I just felt very rageful. So, um. Amanda, you're the nicest person I know. You hate nobody. So what character do you hate on Buffy?
1: Well, channeling my sister's seething rage. um, Mine is a split because there are two characters that I cannot say. One is Riley. He's so bland. So bland. Again, after after Angel, I'm like, you have Angel and then you have Spike. And it's like, and here's Riley. You know, it's just, no. I completely agree. He's incompetent. He was just, I'm like, why? Why are we chasing him? He's just, no. He is literally
0: dry white toast. That yes. has been left on the sidewalk for a week.
1: So, Riley, boring. Get out of here. The other one is Veruca. I can't stand her. She broke up Willow and Oz. I am so mad about that. And, like, her whole like, thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no. Get out of here. Go on. get go Go with Riley. Go disappear. I am team get out. How dare you? How dare you make Willow hurt? Because I love her. How dare you? And just, yeah. And then her whole thing about like being the lead singer of a band. I'm like, oh, boring. Like, you, I'm like, you're taking away from what makes Buffy so great. Get out of here. Enough. Join join your fellow dry toast and just go. Get out. That's my that's my rant.
0: Ben. Oh, so my wife's right in is Xander. She's like, Xander's a dick. He has always been a dick and always will be a dick.
1: He was my number three. I only had to limit. I limited you. I
0: two. mean, but that's me. shocking giving how nice you are to everybody. I just for me it was Riley. Fuck that guy. But it's just like, but and I'm gonna say that every time. But yeah, she hates Xander. She's like, not only is he annoying, he is just a complete asshole to every woman he's with.
1: Thank you. That's why I don't like him.
4: well. He's 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 the he's the Joss Whedon proxy. Like Joss Whedon put himself uh, in wow. via Xander. Wow. And and the actor is Glad currently I'm. problematic Obviously. as well. So you know, it's mm. it's fine to hate on him.
0: Uh Ben, who just really just get your goose? Who can see that. Amanda's sister seething anger and rage uh, she's actually a nice person but I just I just feel like she's angry and Amanda mostly like
1: you're, you're not wrong she's she is a she she seems very nice but she can get very angry
3: so the character for me uh, throughout the whole series is is Warren uh, he's you know the one of the three you know nerdy villains from uh, season six which some people view as like a low point of the series it actually has like four or five really amazing episodes that are some of my favorite of the whole thing but um, Before they bring about Dark Willow, Warren is kind of the leader of of the big bad. And his character is just terrible, uh, creepy, represents like the worst of of men. He's got like the really bad... Storylines with like the sex spot and then the spell where he takes over like his ex girlfriend, like in a love spell, and then like kills her. Um, It's a really dark, uh, you know, portion of the show to watch. It's kind of hard to watch, and the character has zero redeeming qualities, um, unlike a lot of the other, you know, villains. Um, And I get like the, they were kind of going for like the humans are monsters too, and sometimes the worst and most evil people. uh, Just it doesn't make me want to like that particular character. And and I kind of always hated his uh, his plot line and his part on the show um and as as a side note too, the other two like i didn't really like that they ever even pulled jonathan into that group too because buffy was so sweet to him and he had like some really good story arcs i think they just liked you know the actor and they wanted him to kind of be a part of it in some capacity which i, I get and then the fact that andrew was you know also a piece of shit that they brought him into like season seven to kind of close out and be a part of the scooby game which was weird but um the whole trio technically but especially warren Um, So I'm I'm glad to see the way that he went out on the show. At least they they redeemed themselves in that capacity. The worst death probably of anybody on the show.
0: Good. yeah. Allie, who do you just like, you mother?
4: I hate Dawn. I hate her so much. I hate, I mean, it's like, it's most of the fandom hates Dawn. Dawn is annoying. She, I was around her age when she was added and I was so embarrassed. I was like, we do not act like that. Oh, my God, you are making us all look so bad that it's undignified. And it's so clear because originally she was written as a 10-year-old and then they cast Michelle Trattenburg because she, uh, she was recommended by Sarah Michelle Geller. So she's 14. So they made the character 14 but didn't rewrite her. So it's like one of her introduction episodes, she's got like chocolate ice cream all over her face. And it's like, what friggin 14-year-old is like unaware that they are eating? Even a 10-year-old, honestly, is aware I mean, that there is... me, but... <laughs> But you've got a beard. I'll give you that. Not well, <laughs> when it was 14. <laughs> oh no. Well, my well all right, but baby. she it's she shrieks. She is like treated like a baby. She serves no purpose after season 5. I think she should have died at the end of season 5 and then been the cause for Buffy's depression in season 6. I think she adds so she ends up in an overstuffed cast. So I really hate her. And I'll say the other character I really hate is I'm not a big fan of Anya. I know that's a very unpopular no, opinion. No, I am.
0: A hundred percent on board with that. I, she annoys oh. the piss out of me.
4: She is so underwritten. like yeah, she had such yeah. Pati- she had such potential. She comes in as this like thousands of year old yes. vengeance demon and basically just gets the lines that they wanted to give to Cordelia. So they don't really give her a character. They could And, and she becomes obsessed with Xander. All of her, she would not pe- pass like a Bechdel test for 99% of her lines. It's all about loving Xander or about being afraid of bunnies or like money. I would love to have gotten like a, a, somebody that was struggling with the fact that she was so in love with a man after being this vengeance demon. But instead she just le- wants to him all the time and that's all we get from her and the actress is talented so it was like I just I thought she was annoying I thought she was rude to everybody in the group she's really inconsistently written because she used to like she used to become friends with people to get them to wish stuff. So, like, she, like, was normal in the high school at first, and then all of a sudden she doesn't understand human norms. It just makes no sense to me. And I think, like, she was a real missed opportunity, and, like, I blame Joss Whedon for that.
0: That's why that character pissed me off, because I'm like, this is a one-note character, and is an annoying note at that. And... Who just, this makes your blood boil.
4: Okay, so
2: first I have to argue Anya just a second, because after Xander leaves her at the altar, her character does change significantly. She does become a better person. I feel like she gets a better personality. She's less about Xander. Um, and I would she hope, steps so. Up I would hope so. I mean, she, she got screwed over in the end, but she does step up, which is, like, unusual for Anya. Okay. So there's so no one argument on Anya. I but find uh, you guys have mentioned everybody. <laughs> I, hate, I hate Riley. He sucks. Um, the whole, like, my girlfriend doesn't need me like oh my girlfriend's tougher than me like screw you riley you know what you were getting into fuck you man dawn the whole thing about buffy being an only child and then all of a sudden she has this obnoxious piece of shit little sister that puts them in the worst situations over and over again fuck dawn should have pushed her through the hole
4: yeah and i also i, I, I definitely didn't...
0: thought the same thing i was Do like that, oh yeah
4: she retcons oh, sure. the whole series, too. So, like, all of our memories of the series are different from the characters in the series memory. And that always pissed me off. Like, I was like, I want to know what's what they remember. Yeah,
2: fucked on. And then Xander. <sighs> Xander has pissed me off ever since the beginning. The whole, like, Buffy doesn't want me. Uh, everybody that Buffy likes sucks because it's not me. Um, I mean, all the way to the end. Even when she was sleeping with Spike, he was all jealous. Like, fuck you, Xander. She doesn't have to like you. She doesn't have to be with you just because you like her. Leaving that, Anya at the altar after all that shit? Yes. Like, you're lucky well, she liked you, dude. I was you're about to
1: say, no wonder Buffy wouldn't be with him. If I saw him doing what he did to all these other women, I'm like, no. Yeah. No.
4: And he, he didn't he deliver
3: sucked. the message to Buffy that he was supposed to, which may have prevented her from having to kill Angel in season two. Thank so you. He should have been Thank like you. cast out of the friend group already.
4: Do you know who he ends up with at the end of the comics? Oh, he oh god. He ends up with Dawn. It's <laughs> of course so he does. disgusting. Of course. The person who used to babysit and they have a baby together. It's disgusting. Oh,
3: oh I have not read oh. the comics. I'm going to stick to the Audible.
2: <laughs> what makes oh. it worse about Nicholas Brandon is that there's actually like a TikTok like uh, page from his ex-girlfriend who said that he would like hit her and like abuse her like emotionally, mentally, physically. Like he was a terrible fucking person. Nicholas yeah, he Brandon was on is Dr. Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: He had a lot of stuff He's going dead. on.
2: <laughs> So As freaking amazing as like Charisma Carpenter is on the flip side, you've got this piece of shit, Nicholas Brandon, and I'm really glad that they didn't end up together because he didn't deserve her. Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Um, Let's move into something slightly more comical. And I call this the Allie Nelson Thirst Award. Because if you know anything about Allie Nelson, she's been on a few of our podcasts before. She hosts an erotic thriller podcast. But also when we talked about Indiana Jones, we found out the thirst for Harrison Ford, despite being 80, is still very real
1: and valid and valid i stand with Ali on that thank you yes
0: so this is going to be and i will be taking a step aside for a minute because i do have to take care of a, a little nine-year-old to go to bed she should have been in bed a while ago um uh, about who we have added and have a, a thirst for on this cast my wife nobody She's like i don't think i have a thirst for anybody i'm just like you just don't want to admit it uh But for me, it's Willow without a shadow of a doubt. One, I mean, visually, just come on. Two, I always thought she was like the coolest one of them. I was just like, wow, this is someone I would hang out with. And she was a witch. She became all powerful. She was a great friend. Uh, You know, sometimes, you know, she went a little sideways, but who doesn't? So yeah, the thirst was real and still to this day still real. So guys, uh, thirst amongst yourselves, I shall return. Uh, so Amanda, just steer the boat for me.
1: Of course, it would be me that would steer the thirst boat, because I am always thirsty on this podcast, as we all know. So who
2: Anne are you thirsty for? Who gets that thirst award for you? I've been in love with Sarah Michelle Gellar for 26 years. It's it's Buffy. Um, <laughs> It's Buffy. Willow, Willow from like, uh, I don't know, Willow pretty much got me towards the end when she got I like it. a little powerful a little dark yeah yeah like dark, willow,
1: dark,
3: like dark willow like
1: <laughs> dark willow dark like willow
2: is crazy I mean, but Sarah Michelle Gellar man for
1: life I mean she she killed it I just I love Sarah Michelle Gellar I have like girl crush on her I'm like I'm like can we be like best friends can we like can we like you're just so cool because I mean she made she's what made the show so great I mean the cast was great don't get me wrong but yeah I mean I mean she, Sarah Michelle Geller is such a nuanced performance, and she's gorgeous. Just like right off the bat, it's like she she's somebody you would like love to hang out with, love to date, who would like go kick ass no matter what. Like just all those per, all those performances in one. bit. I think somebody might be rivaling you. Might have a rival. And go on, Ben. Tell well, I mean, us d- this is your moment.
3: <laughs> I just wanted to say yes, absolutely. You know, second that for sure. I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar has like been my obsession like since I was, I guess, 11 years old. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar as an actress is phenomenal. She has. Perfect like comedic timing, she can bring all the emotion. Like she has some severely emotional scenes like throughout this show. We'll probably, you know, talk about you know some of that. We I think we're gonna talk about saddest moments. So I mean she can bring the weight when she needs to, and she really gets to flex those muscles on the show, but comedic timing's perfect. Obviously, she's tech gorgeous. Like uh she can seduce you like in any you know particular episode. So yeah, if we're strictly talking thirst here, then yeah, the thirst is absolutely real will forever be real uh until my dying day yes sir. <laughs> okay, of course so complete second on that uh, love I her. You're gonna, i thought you were gonna say joyce um <laughs> I'm- <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna save the best thirst for last with because i know i know that th- she she is the queen as a the, the reviewer the reviewer of erotic thrillers so um my thirst angel i already started off thirsty i mean again he you know he's dark he's broody you know he's kind of you know i i kind of like the 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 grumpy guy with like a nice that has a nice heart type of thing but yet still is edgy
3: it's not beating though
1: <laughs> i know i know but he has a soul ish <laughs> yeah. ish
3: depending um, on the day,
1: yeah, like one the day. Angel. yeah yeah so i mean he he's yeah tall gorgeous just shows up out of nowhere just the charisma it just ch- charismatic i be I mean, like here by G- Riz Faggers, <laughs> you guys
3: would say, right? yeah
1: yeah so again i have a type y'all know um <laughs>
3: So, David Boryana is like you've got to say too like when he shows up like you talking about risk factor but like the first episode you gotta respect like how much he grew as an actor because he wasn't yes. especially oh. good when he first yeah. comes on screen
4: I, he does like this he, pretty surprise very... though
3: that always bugged me yeah. I was like oh that's a bad delivery of that line in motion but he got so good he like did. on the show I, right I thought he
4: was so sexy in that when he's like don't worry I don't bite I was like oh yes. goodness same I was like, <laughs> like, I was like, like
1: oh made? heavens
3: to Betsy <laughs>
1: I'm like oh no no <laughs> you're like yeah. Like, just God. like you're like, let me find some
0: pearls to clutch. Hold on one second there. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. So that is that is my thirst, but
2: Allie. And, so well, hold on, Ann, what was what oh, was yours? Oh, Sir Michelle Geller.
0: Oh, okay. I wasn't we we joined on that one. Yes. I thought it was gonna be Allison Hannigan. That's who I thought it was gonna be.
2: Well, <laughs> I, it's, it's, I said allison Hannigan she towards the dark end Willow. of the show. <laughs> <which> <laughs> oh. the dark, well. I like the dark. I totally forgot about Chris McCarpenter. Like, where did I screw that up? Cordelia, man. In
3: Angel? she's amazing in angel like the first couple of seasons like
2: mentally unstable mean what's not to like
0: yeah i mean i've met your wife she's really nice
2: i know she's the polar opposite of everything that is my type which is probably healthy because she's awesome yeah
0: Terry. so Allie, i mean you we've built the suspense up um get yourself a glass of water and tell us
3: please say clem
4: i I know right So I'm pansexual and the show helped me learn that. So the whole cast for the most part can really get it. Sarah Michelle Gellar, you can get it. Eliza Dushku definitely can get it. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. Uh, yeah. David
4: Boreanaz, James Marsters. I I had a little thing for Xander at the time because that was kind of what boys were like at the time. They were sort of goofy and I liked his goofiness. He was sort of cute. Um, the thing that I've noticed as I've gotten older is how attracted I am to Giles, which I did I not it. expect. I knew it. I knew I it. I mean, he's so hot. As an adult, is. I am like, wow, when did you get so sexy, Giles? Like, even now, I was I do, you I'm waiting show. for
0: him to, like, turn to him and be like, always.
4: He was in those coffee commercials that I guess, like, people were really thirsty about. So, like, if you, yes. you should check those out, because, like, very hot.
3: He's like cleaning his glasses, you know, and just putting them back on.
4: Oh, and there's clips of him as Frankenfurter, like, you know, in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, like, that's right. Anthony Stewart had, he can just like anytime, still to this day on Ted Lasso, even though he played a real scumbag, like he can still get it. He's like still a hottie. He's such a talented man. But like Anthony Stewart had Giles such a hottie like oh well, my god and he was
1: smooth on the
4: show too like
1: you don't realize how well written in, in a way like his lines are his delivery and everything I'm like okay I can see I'm like you'd you
4: pull me in that like was also candy like,
3: episode but he also yeah. Yeah, he has that choice. danger
4: about him he has <laughs> yes. that danger where like when he needs to be badass he can get badass or like when the mayor threatens Buffy and says like I'm gonna eat her he breaks his like fencing sword and stabs him like in the face and I love that
1: And he's, like, a hot nerd, too. Yeah. Like, so smart. Just, like, he's just, like, he knows what it looks like. Like, him just reviewing everything and kind of, like, here's this not, like, here, I'm just going to dump all this lore on you and all this stuff. It's, like, oh... Okay. I do
3: think he was knocked unconscious like roughly 30 or 40 times throughout the series. So.
4: <laughs> his his one flaw is his ability his to skull. not take a hit, yeah. But he <laughs> does have CTE
3: at this point. Concussion.
4: His one flaw yeah. <laughs> his
0: one is concussions. Who knew? Um,
4: but he but, might just be the perfect man. I'm just gonna say,
0: Wow, somewhere, somewhere your husband's like,
4: All right, I can get with that.
0: Yeah. Oh boy, um just change gears to just uh the absolute heartbreaking episode just the one that just just totally gutted you uh for my wife i don't have the episode so i apologize for it but you guys will know it it's a very famous one it is the one where buffy has to kill angel and then has to leave town because her mom kicks her out i believe is that season two yeah becoming so, part two The finale yeah so that is my wife's choice for that for me uh, it is uh, season 6 episode 19 where Tara catches the stray bullet and that one just really gets me because I love Tara and Willow as a couple and holy shit when she eats it it's the saddest thing it really just just broke my heart when I watched that scene it's just like these two come together if you see we're going to be talking about Hush in a second like this is where the impetus for that relationship and then it goes through so much and it's so great and so well done and they just they're just so lovely together and for that to happen it's just it's just like fuck it's the worst uh and hail you have no you have no soul and you have no emotions <laughs> but a typical podkin uh so it's like what did you know what did really hit you in the feels
2: um it was season five episode 16 the body
0: mm, where a famous one for styles.
2: sure i'm not a crier like you said I, I really don't have a whole lot of emotions like i don't have a wide range of emotion I, I i don't cry a whole lot
0: it's mostly apathy and sarcasm is what i love about you
2: yeah well what can you do That's how we cope. <laughs> uh, that episode destroyed me absolutely destroyed me it's the the complete silence there's no music yeah right um it's the like the dreams that buffy keeps having where like she saves joyce and you keep getting that like glimmer of hope that she has saved joyce and that joyce is like lived and only to find out that she's actually dead um anya snapping because she doesn't know how to feel right she has no idea how to react to somebody dying because she's never had feelings before um yeah that episode just ruined me plus you know like we grew up with these characters joyce was like a mom she was like another mom and then she's gone it's terrible
0: yeah it really is ben what about you
3: what's what's the one that hit you hard well the body was like the number one for me but i did, there's a lot of really emotional episodes throughout the series, so I'll try to make a couple different notes. Um, but I'll, I'll actually go with once more of a feeling since we haven't really talked about it like that much, and it's you know one of the best episodes of the show, obviously. But uh, there's like an intercut where they're. Kind of different characters are dealing with different emotions like giles is struggling with the fact that he knows he needs to leave buffy in order for her to continue to grow spike's right. like in love with her but he's also angry with her and Buffy's wrestling with this you know secret that she was in heaven and she was pulled out so they're all like going through their own stuff kind of singing the same song going together um, i think it's like walk through the fires is, is that particular song that they're playing and that one always kind of gets me because the whole gang is like going through their own thing but then they decide that they need to go together because they can do anything together and they're kind of walking through so as far as like the music of that show uh and that song in that moment that one was that was really strong too ali what about you
4: uh i mentioned it before i would say you know definitely the bodies uh, one of them becoming part two also always i think that was the first time i ever like just, just sobbed into my pillow after an episode aired uh but passion uh, i think upon rewatch as an adult like really gets me i think part of it is that i think anthony stewart had really sells it just a ta- really talented actor When we know as the audience that that Jenny's dead and that he gets excited, he has the rose by his face, like the whole tableau has been set up for him and he goes up and finds her body and just like the way that his face shatters and he like he literally drops like the the glass, they all shatter. And then when he goes to try and kill Angel and Buffy has to rescue him and she punches him in the face and then she starts sobbing and she tells him like, how could you do that? Like, I couldn't do this without you. And she's they're both holding each other sobbing. That really just gets me. Like their relationship always just was like, So special and just like you know it's like the relationship you want from like a mentor and just seeing the way that like they're both crumbling at that part and the way that she's telling him like i couldn't do this without you that episode really kills me
0: and amanda we we know you cry
4: i do the becoming number
1: yeah becoming part two yeah absolutely you know with with the way that 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 ended with buffy killing angels like i was i was a mess i was also gonna say passion too because of you know Uh, uh, I drew drew a blank hair but with Jenny everything that happened there just oh my gosh because it's like they went through everything together like they had gone through so much and you're like maybe just maybe there's gonna be some happiness. No. No, there's not. And the fact that it was done at Angel's hands or an, and when he's in his like evil form, I was here like, I can't right now. This is a lot. The way the episode ended, I'm with you, Allie. I'm piggybacking off of that because it's just my whole thing was, I was like, wait, but wait, then we're gonna have this moment. And then it and then of course it's it's done by by Angel too. And there's really no no really coming back from that. Like I was like, okay, there's there's no way their relationship will ever Buffy and Angel really cannot be together and just yeah the cha- there was there the was
4: chase a lo- scene is terrifying too yeah. Where like she goes through so yes. much to try and get away from him
1: yes and I'm like this is I think the first time for me that I really you know you see Angelus do terrible things but this really just hit home and especially because it's, it's so it's so close to Buffy too like just it's it's oh man like that whole episode just it was a lot it was a lot to process but those two I was a mess <laughs> you throw an
3: honorable mention to the gift to like the end of season five because that was when the show technically was going off the air it was supposed to be like the series finale yeah. like going off WB oh, yeah. and they kill Buffy like at the end and they've yeah. got this amazing speech and then really it's, uh, it's seeing Willow's reaction to her laying on the ground and Spike's reaction was like super emotional and then you know the grave like she saved the world a lot credits are like they gotta bring this back right I think that's the only one that I just stood in shock after the episode like uh I need somebody to pick this show up immediately well thank god for you UPS yeah. Uh, Yay, after you, that episode,
2: yeah my friend's dad called me because <laughs> she street, was okay. so hard oh. that he couldn't calm her down so he called me to calm her down and i was like look steph the show's called buffy the vampire slayer and they've already renewed it for a sixth season like it's not willow the vampire slayer they're gonna bring her back like you've got to calm down man <laughs> it was it
0: was bad we'll go with the lightning round question before we get into hush review and that is who's your favorite member of the scooby gang i mean who is the person you're just like you know what that's my ride or die not because everyone loves Buffy Buffy's the best but for me obviously it's Willow if I'm gonna have anyone on my side it's gonna be the all-powerful witch who's also pretty cool and it seems like a great support system and a good friend so that's that's my favorite also she was really funny and just just a at times like in the beginning just such a breath of fresh air and a source of comedy and at the end was such a dramatic factor in it it was amazing uh Ben Who's who's your ride or die from the Scooby gang?
3: Yes. Yeah, so I'm um, surprised because I was thinking about this, like Spike is actually probably my favorite character on the show. Uh, James Marsters is fantastic. And it's just he's got the wildest character arc maybe of anybody because he was brought on to be kind of like a temporary, you know, villain that they were going to kill off. But he was so damn charismatic and everybody liked him so much that you know they kept finding ways to bring him back. They were like literally inventing ways for him to be on the show. And then like, all right, we'll just put a chip in his head so he can't hurt anybody. And then gradually becomes kind of like a reluctant member of the Scooby gang. And he's just a dick to everybody. And that's, like, the best time, I think, with Spike. Uh, and then eventually, you know, the whole love story arc, you will know, come with Buffy. It's got its highs and its lows, but uh, you would never have thought, like, the way the character was introduced, that by the end of it, there's people that are like, I don't know if I like Buffy with Angel or Spike more. Um, so that's that's kind of a wild ride for Spike. But he's, he's amazing and hilarious. And I think it's because, too, he had talked about it, that because... Cordelia had to go to Angel. They needed somebody to be like that comedic person to basically call everybody stupid. And so we'll bring Spike back to do that, and he was great at it. Amanda, who's your ride or die from the gang?
1: I love Cordelia. I her, I know her character was done dirty, but I I love just how she's like the fun mean girl, kind of just you know. And and her character could have had so much more. But charisma Carpenter, man, charisma. Her name is totally earned because she was incredible um in the role especially with how it was written at times you know especially going to angel um and just you know she it's just yeah i like that you she had a lot of like spunk and a lot of just you know again you're not supposed to really like the mean girl but she was kind of the mean girl that you grew you grew to like and just you know had her own her own personality had her own you know she was her own character and just yeah, I love Cordelia. She's great. I feel Ride like your die. sister
0: would have had a lot of comments after you said, Oh, you know, sometimes, you know, she's the fun mean girl. And I feel like your sister would have thrown a jab That's at you there. That's
1: probably why I like her so much, because my sister's the fun mean girl. She reminds me of my sister in a lot of ways. My sister has a very dynamic personality like that when she goes she cuts she was on good behavior. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> awesome. And who's your ride or die from the gang?
2: Giles. Off, I'm a Giles, I mean, girl. I love him. I love Giles. Off. He's uh, the the only time I don't like Giles is when he uh, goes against Buffy and kicks her out of the house at the end. He like goes with everybody else. That pissed me off a little bit. I thought that was kind of like unusual for Giles. But the dude's smart. Uh, he's a badass. He can sing. Come yes, on. Can. Um, and yeah, I mean, Giles is always there. Even when he leaves, uh, he comes right back as soon as he finds out Buffy's alive. Like he was the dad that she needed and deserved. When, when Hank... Well, what the hell even happened to Hank? disappeared.
3: <laughs> is it like an episode that never came back? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. So Giles is my dude.
3: You know who didn't kick Buffy out of the house? Spike.
2: <laughs> but he did uh, sexually
4: assault her, so... Okay, yeah, fair. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> That's
0: so true. Let's... <laughs> Ali, close this out. So who's your ride or die from the gang?
4: I mean, uh, Buffy is obviously my favorite character. Let's of course, yeah. The obsession, but and Giles, I would say, is my number two. But I've talked a lot about my love for Giles, so I'm going to give oh. a special mention to Oz because I think yes. Oz. I think he was done dirty by the end of the series because, like, the reason Seth Green left is because he felt like he was on set all day just to go, like, yeah, Buffy's right, guys, because the, the cast was getting so bloated, he had basically no story arc and no line, like, no lines. But Seth Green is so effortlessly charming. He's got, like, the sarcastic, but, like, really lovable deliveries. And I do love the way that he's introduced with... When he finds out about vampires, he's just like, okay, it's a really fun thing to give somebody that's, like, he's the chillest character, but then they make him a werewolf, so, like, he becomes, like, this complete animal three days of the month. That's a really fun arc to give a character like that. He has some of my favorite lines, like when Willow tries to make out with him to... Uh, make Xander jealous and he says like oh yeah I think about kissing you a lot and he's like but I'm not going to kiss you because it seems to me like you're trying to kiss me to make your friend jealous and in my fantasies when I'm kissing you you're kissing me back that's like so smart he always has like the smartest things to say he also has that really great moment in the like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde episode where like the one guy starts trying to kick his ass and then he's looking up at the moon constantly and then the moon comes out and he's like time's up rules change fucking badass I love that and then he becomes a werewolf he has some of my favorite moments for a character that I I think really didn't get I think uh, Giles by the end too like really got pushed to the side and those were characters that really deserve to have more meat like throughout the whole series
0: yeah i, I hated the whole he cheated on willow thing because like, that yeah. doesn't seem real and it's yeah. like eh. we're putting a hat on a hat at that point but now let's get into this review like we're talking about it. it's it this is one of the most famous episodes from buffy the vampire slayer it's called hush it features some of the creepiest villains in the history of buffy and you know maybe even television in the gentleman uh this aired uh, I, I would have thought it aired on Halloween but it did not it aired on December 14th 1999 um guys let's get into it what was like when you first saw this episode like it's it's different watching these episodes back because like some of them are digitized some of them are not so you know and also we've seen like you know 25 year, you know 25 years or so of Horror movies and you know scary characters. If you've watched Doctor Who, it's not different from the Silence or the Weeping Angels, like these, you know, very creepy, soundless villains. So take us back to when you first saw this episode, Anne, and our our horror maven here. um What did you think when you first saw this episode, especially when it came to the gentleman?
2: I always thought the gentlemen were creepy as hell. I I used that episode when I introduce people to Buffy, that's like,
0: so so why do you use that as an intro to Buffy?
2: Um, Because I, it's got every, every element that Buffy has, right? It's scary. It's funny. um, And there's a, there's a cool storyline to it, right? There's, Most episodes are like either, well, most episodes are funny, right? There's not a whole lot of episodes that are like scary. Um, So I try to like reel people in with Hush and then get them to start at the beginning. Because I'm like, just so you know, the budget does get better (laughs) when you watch like season one. It is kind of low budget and it tends to make people stop watching it, but it does get better. For Um, me,
0: I don't remember when I watched this for the first time. But I just thought with the gentleman and the way they move, which I mean, if you know anything about film and TV, you could figure out how they do it. And they could easily be written off as like kind of corny, especially if you watch it now. Like if like you're just like, oh, I've seen scary. But it's the way they move that just is so unnerving because it's 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 so perfect and effortless and that's fucking scary. (laughs) When something is so evil that it doesn't have like a flaw to it and you're like, oh my God, it's coming at me with precision and nothing else. Like you think of like zombies or monsters like lurking around. No, these things just float at you with the smile of terror and it's just the fucking creepiest shit, man. I remember I think I want to say I was in high school when I did see. I did think I saw it right when it aired and I was um, it definitely went off quick because I had less of a uh, an iron will for our back in 1999. That's for goddamn sure. Amanda, the first time you saw that and the first time you saw the gentleman, I want to get I want to get your reaction to it.
1: I want to say we watched it when it aired and my sister and I watched it together and um what i really like about it i'm i'm, I'm like you and i feel like this is a, a, a this episode captures the essence of what buffy is it has all of the elements that make buffy work and um you know for me it creeped me out that you have no sound that you can't talk and you can't and you know, you you, nobody can hear each other and you know that you have everybody around you silent it's just that or that again no there's no speech and that's just a crazy feeling to think about. You know, if, if I'm talking to somebody and you can't hear, they can't hear you. Like that's just a—it's an unnerving reaction naturally. Um, with the gentlemen, they creep me out. I love the—I ma- still love the makeup. Even with rewatching, I thought that the looks were really well done. You know, kind of just the creepy, especially when they all come together and they're wiggling their fingers. They're kind of just the way that they float. It was creepy, and and I think you know for a show coming out around that time frame you know a lot of the visuals for for horror at that time were just not that good um so i felt like for a tv show especially you know on on the the wb it was it was really well done and so you have these these unnerving elements and then you know you have these creepy gentlemen and it was i was one of the creepier buffy episodes for me and i love it still really really good
0: okay ben bring us back First time you saw it. Young Benzino. Yeah. Young well before you ever were introduced to the, the joys of dance music. Tell us
3: about when you saw it. I don't know, guys. Uh, it's late and wiped out. Uh yeah, so I mean I was watching them live, uh, you know, by this time. So yeah, I mean they were they were terrifying. Uh, there's a couple episodes that kind of rival it for, you know, the creepy factor, but this one's huge. Um and I mean, look, they beat a quiet place to market, you know, like before that became a thing where you can have basically like a silent you know, there's no words, you're kind of just having to read lips. And the actors did a tremendous job of being able to like make it clear what they were saying to each other. Because you would think maybe I'll need like subtitles or something. Um they eventually get to the whiteboards that they write on, which was, you know, genius and great comedic stuff too. But um yeah, they were terrifying. Um, the way they're floating and they're all like so proud of themselves every time they just murdered somebody and got their heart and they're like, Oh no, stop it. Like, no, you did great. You killed that guy, I saw you. Like, why don't you take the knife? Like they're they're tremendous villains. Um, and so you got the creepy factor going on, but then you also have like some really good comedic bits mixed in. Like uh, you know, there's a portion of the episode where you know Willow and and um, you know Terra are like running for their lives, and you got Buffy and Robert that are like fighting to the death with these things, and then you cut to like uh, Xander walking back in on. Uh, Spike, like, kind of over on you because he was, like, doing something below the couch that looked like he was biting her on the neck, so then you just start pummeling the shit out of him before realizing, like, he didn't do anything. It's just great that they mixed that in in that particular moment when everything else is going on. Uh, so, yeah, great premise. It's pretty simple, but they executed it flawlessly, and it's got the greatest like comedic scene probably from Buffy and it's that we talk about on, you know, messenger earlier today, but the whole uh, presentation that Giles is giving with the projector is, you know, fantastic. <laughs> yes, yeah, So people don't know, um, they're saying they're
0: going for the heart. And um, so Willow points to her chest and she's like this and, and um, Xander just mouths the word. He goes, boobies. And it's just like, yeah, it's listen, it was the nineties <laughs> <So, 90s>, guys. <laughs> He's, this was humor um hey
4: that's that still kills for me it (laughs) It does does.
3: yeah the Buffy with the the gesture yeah I made the mistake. everybody's just looking at her so confused
0: (laughs) (laughs) um Allie you were probably the I think probably the youngest of us watching it at the time so How'd you hold up watching that? I mean, you grew up in a horror house, so
4: Yeah. By the I mean, by the time I mean
0: you were so as scared I, as me. I, I clearly love was... the
4: episode because I have my lot my <laughs> lock screen is Buffy Will Patrol Tonight, the little thing from the presentation. Uh I I the my episode hips. definitely yeah, I love when she's like, oops. Uh, I love I love the whole presentation too. I like how bloody Giles gets when he's drawing. They like, and like he has like multiple slides of them like cutting out hearts, which I appreciate. Still,
0: I just wanted to say one thing about this. So I didn't watch this on Hulu. I found it on like Daily Motion or something like, which is a tube site. And everything, all the the words were backwards. So ever I don't know why. So in the beginning of the the credits, everyone's name is backwards. And I'm like, okay. Maybe this is just like, I didn't remember this and this is what's happening because it's like, oh, that's weird. But everything that was written, except for the first part of when he's doing the presentation, when it's backwards, it's actually forwards from my viewing. <laughs> And then I'm like, wait, what? I don't know how like they flipped the plane or something like that when they were uploading it, but God bless the internet when no, it's random bullshit because that just made it so much better for me.
4: That's happened to me when torrenting a few times too. I don't know why that happens, but I, I was definitely really scared watching this growing up uh, when it first aired. It's I like shout out to Doug Jones, who I think plays like the main gentleman who like
0: check out his interview on the poprick.com.
4: I guess because he, I mean, he's one of the best like silent actors, actors, yeah. in prosthetics, like I, the best actor in prosthetics that we have, like he, the, the politeness that they have in their gestures, because they are the gentleman and like their suits, the smile, it's so weird the way that they keep being so polite to each other but it's just the music is, is so perfect too the way that it's done sort of like a ballet uh yeah so silent um i remember it really sticking with me and really terrifying me especially since like the scene where they go into the student's room like in the dorm room and oh my god he can't scream and he's like opens the door and they're there and then it happens sort of later to tara too where she's Banging on doors to try and get away. And then one of them's in there. And it's just like it's so terrifying anytime they're near and just like the fact that you can't scream you can't get any help there's no way that you can really I, I don't know why anyone lives in sunnydale after this like it's so terrifying
0: yeah that's just like it has a college it has a high school and everything terrible happens there yeah. um i do have to say if i'm going to dock this for anything although it is hilarious it's just how fucking shitty riley is in this he's just like i'm just like you're the fucking worst they do play that for one great point where they cannot get the elevator and they are going to get gassed. And then the elevator opens in time and they point at the sign says, in case of emergency, use the stairs. And I'm just like, that's the one and only time that will be funny. Uh, but yeah, there is Ra- too
4: much Riley in the episode. That is my one criticism. And it's, it's, it's too get, Riley. Yeah. Violent.
0: And she's so like, I'm so nervous around him. I'm like, Why? Angel was a much better looking dude, and he could have murdered you, like yeah. legitimately could have ended your life. That guy's just a Chad who's just like, what a complete doofus. Yeah, th-
4: nothing remarkable about him, except that he's like got muscles so he can like be a grunt that fights.
0: Muscle schmuscle. And he can not even do that that well. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so we watched it. We watched it before this episode. So does the episode hold up? Almost twenty five years later for you guys, I made it. Does this hold up from when you know you and your sister had a truce back all twenty five years ago? And yeah, you
1: know... um, so I rewatched it yesterday before I rewatched The Fly. I went the whole the whole podcasting marathon, and I still really enjoyed it. I, I feel like um, you know, again the the way the gentleman looked. Yes, it was like, you. we know how they, you know, how they, they floated and everything, but it's still, it still looked, uh, they still look really good. And, um, I feel like, you know, again, it still has all of the elements that make Buffy great. Although it can't still, can't stand Riley. He's useless, but we've talked about that. Um, but I still really enjoyed it. Rewatching it. I did the guys in the straight jackets were a little cheesy, you know, that there, there's some, you know, some elements that are dated, but just again, just the whole somebody in your room and. Nobody can hear you screaming. I mean, that's so creepy. That's so, and again, just nobody being able to hear each other and having to walk around like that continuously, like that's just still so unnerving. Um, you know, I I still really enjoyed it. So for me, it's still it still holds up. Again, some minor things here and there, um, but it still it still was enjoyable to watch twenty five years later.
0: Uh, for me, what hits me more, than and just the gentleman is the the scene with the guy, the first guy they kill yeah because it i just am like i remember it being creepy and scary and i've seen it since but i'm like i don't remember it being that dark (laughs) and they're just going for the heart and i was like holy shit, man i'm like that that part creeped and i was watching it at a restaurant i was at a taco place and i luckily i was by myself and i'm just like i hope no one else is watching this because they're gonna be really confused uh but yeah that that part just creeped the shit out of me the riley stuff just really duds real loud for me but they're able to i get what they're going for with it it's just like well that now that's like the speech has been taken away and now they have to. they can finally do this you know everything and i think that's the least annoying they are together uh because isn't there an episode where they end up in a dream together or something like that or there's some weird place they end up going there's one where or, they, so having, they
4: have sex like the whole yes yeah it's, that's, that's, that's the my one. least least favorite episode i hate that episode
0: yikes that's a fucking that's a fucking that happened in life we were here um so yeah so i think the rally stuff sucks but i think the episode really holds up really well um, and let me complicate that question combined. And I'll go, man, I'm going to go back to you in a sec right now. A lot of people <laughs> call this the best episode of Buffy ever. Do you agree with that? Not your favorite, but they say this is like the number one episode of all time. There's all these lists. So it's always at the top. Do you agree that this is the definitive Buffy episode?
1: So it's not my, it's not my favorite. I still think it's really well done. And that's, that's great. You, you clarified that because, you know, there's, you know, there's so many emotional elements that are so, that are so good. But I, I do think this is honestly the most well-rounded. If you're looking for, like like Anne, you do, um, you know, an episode that's like, well, what is Buffy? Like, why is Buffy so appealing? And again, this just has everything in it. It's got the humor. It's got the, 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 the creep, the horror factor. Um, you have Buffy with this, you know, she's, I mean, again, you have Useless Riley, which we all hate, but... You know, but but I haven't spoken you know,
3: out on him yet. Just
0: for the record, <laughs> well, all right. I'm just yeah. I'm I'm wondering why Ben. I'm wondering yeah, why. Yeah,
1: but but you know, but you that's, oh, that's the like, actor. Yeah, the oh, actor I there. think
0: he just pissed Ann off even more. For some Duke <laughs> fan over there. <laughs> Boy, yeah. <laughs> but,
1: but you know, I I feel like it's so it's so cool to see. You know, again, he's supposed to be like this. You know undercover government person and, and it's supposed to be really great and Buffy Buffy outmatched him it was cool to see that um and you know again you have it just it has a little bit of it has a little bit of everything in terms of what makes Buffy work and so so I can understand why it tops so many lists because if you're looking for somebody you're trying to show it to somebody who's never seen Buffy you get everybody acting really well you know I enjoy the, the you know, kind of the humor like with Willow sitting in the the, the witch Kind of the the coven circle, and it's like you know, eh, nobody here knows what they're really talking about. Yeah, let's have a bake sale. Who did this? Who melted my? Who did this with my candle? I mean,
0: I feel like this—that was Anne's college experience. Like we're gonna talk about art, and you're
2: just like, fuck. Who melted? Or yeah, who left their scented candle on my women empowerment
1: shrine? Yes, (laughs) that was hilarious. And so, I mean, it has it has everything in it that sums up a little taste of what sums up the series and i feel like you know if you introduce it to somebody that way they're gonna get they're gonna be intrigued and want to watch more and then you get to see so much better so much so much better content along the way so i can see why it tops list so i'm gonna say yes it's a it's a good intro episode
0: i i say yes because it's this is this is this is like it's always like the gateway drug episode if you're going to show people doctor who you show them blink with david tennant with the doctors barely in it actually and it's mostly care supposed to carry mulligan and um and it's with the weeping angels and or you show them one of the first doctor who episodes i saw was the one with the silence, which is very much like what we're seeing here, Uh, how they were invading silently into the the world. It was great. And there's other episodes like you're going to be like, okay, if you're going to watch Seinfeld, you watch this episode. If you watch this show, you watch this episode. And I think that's what this is. And I think you said it perfectly. It's just, it's got everything Buffy does right. It's funny. It's it's dated in the best way possible, where it's just like, this is definitely a, a show that was made during the late 90s. Because it just feels that way from the fashion to the way things were. It just, it just feels like it's like right on the cutting. It's like that transition time between like pre-cell phone, pre like, Wi-Fi like this whole like the way things are done now it kind of had elements of old school with that like how things are done and I I think and even the way it's filmed and it evokes classic filmmaking with the use of sound the use of cranes the use of dollies and all that stuff so if you're like really about the behind the scenes saw how the sauce is made or oh, sausage is made is how it really is but it's just like whatever sauce sausage they're all delicious and it's just like there you go except one of them gives me heartburn the other doesn't so it's just like you be the judge um so that's what I mean it's like it's the perfect one that you do I just like I say so much dumb shit the bed is just like what
2: the fuck are you talking about
0: um so Anne you did mention this is your your gateway this is your intro to Buffy but is this the best Buffy episode
2: um I think it's one of the best Buffy episodes um I use hush to introduce people to it because it has the scary elements but um I think once more with feeling is one of the best episodes of the show the musical
0: musical episode yeah we haven't talked about that so guys sell me on that one because it's been a minute and my wife also says like that episode's not that good she's like I don't get why people like it she also doesn't like musicals uh, oh, except, well, for like R-
3: except for <laughs> moulin rouge she likes Mulan rouge that's why oh, i like, don't
2: use that episode to introduce people to buffy because there's people that don't like musicals um
3: with, for me there's like a couple of episodes that i feel like the show was kind of flexing to an extent like they did you know the body because they wanted to take something completely like monster you know free element uh and make the one that doesn't have like any type of score to it it's just very real raw emotion like her mom died of natural causes it wasn't anything else um and then, you know, the, the hush episode where it's 75% silent. And then once we're feeling, it's like, fuck it, let's do a musical. And, like, it's a musical that's it's a monster of the week, technically, but it also advances the story so much. Like, so many different storylines are swirling. There's all these different emotions going on with all the different characters. So it's, like, very pivotal uh, to that season, you know, as a whole. And the songs are fun, <laughs> so like I'm not one that usually listens to like that type of music just cheerfully, but I will play that in my car sometimes because the songs are hilarious. Uh, there's a lot of really, really good songs in there, um, and you talked about Anthony Stewart Head's an amazing singer. Like he's got, yeah, everybody is able to pull their weight on it. But uh, yeah, it's it's hilarious. There's little bits in there that are some of the best jokes, like the different songs they put in, like. Because everybody in the town is having to do the song and dance numbers, it's not just our core characters. So every once in a while, somebody's walking outside, and some guy's singing because they got the mustard out of his shirt uh, at the dry cleaners, or this lady's like begging not to get a parking ticket, and like they're just little quips of twenty or thirty seconds. And you'll like this Bill because you don't, you know, nobody really likes the Dawn character that much. Uh, She starts to sing a song, and they just kidnap her. Me, it's like fuck it, you're not gonna get any of the song out. You're getting like ten seconds, and they were jerking you out the window. So yeah, I, um, I remember uh,
4: when that when it aired, going like, "Thank God!" Like it was such <laughs> fan service to be like, "No, don't worry, you don't have to listen to a stupid Don ballad."
3: Yeah, exactly. Oh, so Don. definitely a good episode, but it's got too much plot, I think, to be the one that you try to introduce people with, which is why Hush is good because it's a standalone for the most part. That you know you can watch it not knowing anything about the show and still you know enjoy it and not feel like you're getting spoilers. Think, but... Yeah, go ahead, Allie. Sorry.
4: Say, one of the fun things about Hush is the fact that, like, Joss Whedon wrote it because, like, he was getting a lot of like criticism saying that the only reason people liked uh, what he did was because of his quippy dialogue. So he was like, well, you know, as much as he is a douche, like, when he does things like, interestingly like Buffy in general like he does do it well like he was like well fine I'll take the dialogue out and then I'll be nominated for a fucking Emmy for writing and that's what happened and <laughs> it's it's a great episode like it's like yeah. they use the music they there's still a lot of humor there's still so much fun with the musical I th- something I that I think is like really it interesting to know is like that Sarah Michelle Gellar said she initially wasn't going to uh, sing. She was going to have somebody dub her voice uh, because the songs were so hard. And then she actually read the songs and she was like, I'm not going to have somebody else have my characters like giant emotional arc for the season. So she learned to sing and like really had to practice within just a few weeks in order to be able to carry off the songs that had been written for her. So I you know kudos to her because I think she like she does a great job for somebody that like started out not being able to sing and I think like the whole episode is just the fact that when it opens, it opens on her uh like slaying uh vampires and everything and all of these demons start dancing behind her. I think it just if you don't like musicals, it's not gonna be your thing. But if you're somebody that likes like whimsy and thinks that like that's gonna make you laugh, like you'll just love the whole episode.
0: I am. If one word describes me, it's definitely whimsy for sure. (laughs) Um okay so I feel like I lost control of the podcast because when it's a Thursday, of course I did. So Ali, what is the, is this the definitive Buffy episode or no?
4: There was a long time where I would have said that this is my favorite episode. The only reason I, I think as I get older, it's not my favorite. It's just still probably my favorite of the event episodes. Like I like it better than the musical because I do think it's so scary and it has, I love the villain. But having it be so initiative heavy does take some of the magic out of it for me. Like even when they're doing the talk to text that kind of breaks the whole formula because it's having the computer talk and it's sort of everything else is so silent and words aren't being said out loud that i i even feel like that doesn't jive necessarily with the rest of the episode as well so i would say yeah if you are looking for an episode that's going to show somebody exactly why you love buffy it's got perfect humor it's got terrifying villains and it's got you know the intelligence and a lot of the characters doing what they do well uh, but is it the strongest episode? I would say, you know, I would probably choose one that has more of the core characters and not as much of like this B plot that kind of didn't go anywhere.
0: That is true. And Ben, finally with you, is this the definitive buppy episode?
3: Uh, yeah, I've always put in my, my top three and the other two are the ones we already talked about. So the body and, and what's more feeling as far as being the three best episodes, like best on most award worthy, um, you know, not putting in you know the ones that we watched the most are my favorite. We already talked about those. So. It's hard to pick one um most award worthy honestly to me would probably be the body um which yeah. is just it's incredibly sad and emotional so it's not one that you're going to throw on much but it deserved like all the attention that it got
0: all right guys that was hush and let's move on just to two more questions for y'all i said y'all so there you go amanda Bye. thank you uh and you're seeping more into my brain <laughs> okay we have an uh an audible series uh the slayers and so we live we live in a world. We're in a society. You know those fucking terrible lines. Uh reboots, relaunches, reunions, the three R's. It's all we're doing on TV. Literally, Frazier just returned after like 30 years, 25, 30 years off TV. Do you think, or do you want, do you think they will try and reboot Buffy? And do you think they should do anything? A relaunch, a reboot, or reunion with Buffy on a streaming service. Do you think that? should happen or do you think maybe they should get a new cast we should wait a little bit longer like what's your thoughts about the future of Buffy because I'm sure there are some executives somewhere that are pitching this as we speak so Ali, I want to start with you especially since you're in the world of television and stuff like that
4: well so I am currently listening I'm on episode four of the Audible and I'm enjoying it but does it feel like traditional Buffy not fully and that sort of would bring me to where I, I'm i so precious about Buffy that I was upset when they announced that they were going to do a reboot. Like, I don't need, uh, what I would like to see is like, there is a comic uh, anthology called Tales of the Slayers. And I would like to see something like that, where I think it would be so much more fun to see like different one-offs or like whole, you know, anthology seasons of the different Slayers throughout history. I think that would be a lot of fun for me. And that way you're not like really impacting like having to deal with like the world and like why is Buffy not in this are you gonna say she's dead and stuff like that like I don't want them to be doing things that are gonna impact the original series and then also it's like because there's been comics and now there's this Audible one. There's there's so many different like things that you have to try and tie together. And there's also like books called like Slayer and and stuff like that. Like I don't know if that's canon. And you're gonna try and jam all that stuff in. And then you're gonna have all of these fans that are completionists like me who are gonna see your reboot and be thinking, well, I know they just mentioned Buffy's in Italy or like things like that. And you know they're gonna have to keep all of that straight. I think if they go to the past and they do something like that, I'm gonna be super happy to see that. And they already have like built in stories from like different mentions of different slayers throughout the years. And I think that's a really fun way to do it without pissing anybody off.
0: All right, Anne, a reboot, a reunion, or a relaunch or fucking um, don't touch my stuff.
2: No, I'm I'm one of those people that thinks like if you remake something, it it really doesn't change the original right the original's still there it's still great um even if you you make a steaming pile of shit uh the original's still amazing it it, it doesn't it doesn't change anything for me um, but i also think that if you're going to remake or reboot something you need to like be able to improve on something yeah. um i don't think it's really worth rebooting something if it's if it's going to be worse you know
0: yeah we've uh, seen that we've seen and you've seen, seen that those. happen yeah we've seen a lot of those like for so for example something like Ocean's Eleven if you ever watch the original Ocean's Eleven hot garbage awful the worst George Clooney many times better Ocean's 12 let's not talk about it but I'm just saying like Ocean's 13 pretty good uh Ocean's 8 um, also pretty good
2: Texas Chainsaw Massacre the remake how many remakes the remake remake, like the first remake the the like Jessica Jessica Biel Biel. yeah that one is excellent but then they went and remade like Prom Night, which was already not a great movie. Let's be fair. Um, Sometimes they make an I Know Which Day Did Last Summer TV show. Did. Oh, <laughs> God, That's right.
3: right. Wow. Which was beyond our garbage.
4: Which has We've a, also
2: been the, the scented candle chick from. The Hush episode. When uh, Ben <laughs> and I were texting each other. I was like, "That's the women yeah. empowerment trying chick." She was a know on did of TV shows.
3: I
0: mostly blocked <laughs> that show out
2: already.
0: But I, I mean, it's I didn't even watch movie. it. And I forgot it.
2: If you're rebooting it, you need to improve on something. So, if you're to one- improve on something, it needs to be like Cordelia's character or or Anya, like you said. You know, they they did kind of do. On your wrong. Um, or even give like Spike a second chance. Remove that whole like I thought the sexual assault thing was really out of character for Spike. Um I, I understand that he wasn't he was a vampire and he was still a bad person, and people like to argue with me, like, oh he's a vampire, he does bad things. He didn't do bad things to Buffy once he was in love with her.
3: They made a lot of bad choices. <laughs> he, made some,
2: he made some poor choices. So I don't know. I, I think me. I agree <laughs> with Allie. I think it'd be great to see the slayers, the other slayers. I what's, think that would be great.
0: What's wild is this is this series that we're talking about so glowingly is a reboot of a movie so it's like
2: yeah. right because come on yeah. it takes place after the events of the movie but they changed her from a senior in the movie to a sophomore on the TV show because
4: she did burn down the gym yeah they talk about the her movie, burning down the gym yeah. oh okay down so, down so, that,
0: so that's what it's more of a sequel then yeah. this reimagined
4: like a like a soft sequel I mean like Joss Whedon also didn't like the movie then he felt like they changed too much of his script and like what's his name Donald Sutherland like completely changed his character and there he was like no he's not supposed to be a drifter he's supposed to be part of the watchers council he's like nah nah, he's a drifter so it makes no sense that he's her like it's like the movie has like really weird things that don't make sense there's actually a comic of it that's like Joss Whedon's actual like plan oh okay so yeah
0: and I I feel like they're gonna try. Someone's gonna try to get the gang back together, and obviously, it's happening with Audible right now. But Sarah Michelle Gellar is not part of it now. If you know, like Doctor Who, I've mentioned this before, <laughs> yet. But they've done a ton of stuff where it's just like Paul McGann, and they've done stuff with Tenant and different doctors having different adventures, and it's all through audio, not visual. I but. Going back to that, when they did this oh man to correct me if I remember the 60th or 70th anniversary of the show, they brought doctors back. Like they brought a couple of people. And I could see something like maybe you focus something around the new slayers, which is definitely what they were trying to do at the end of Buffy the Vampire. Slayer. they oh, we have all these young people who are gonna do this. If you do a series like that, like and you bring the the old gang back together for an episode or two, I think that could be cool. But an anthology series from the perspective of Giles teaching, and here's the stories of the Slayers throughout the years. And I'm Giles. Let's open your books to this first chapter. He's teaching the new class. That actually could be really cool. Breaks out the projector.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Slides or slides around the right way. I'm watching it on a torrent site. I'm like, what's going on? It's everything's backwards. Uh, but yeah, I think that could be cool. I do think it's just. It, it's hard to bring the gang back together because it's also like Joss Whedon was so tied into that. It, it feels like they wouldn't want to come back if he was doing that. So I don't know the right situations with TVs either. So I feel like doing that anthology and maybe have peppering in cameos from people wouldn't be a bad thing. Or having the actors play different parts like you're talking about, like. An all-powerful witch and here's Allison hannigan playing that role but it's alison hannigan playing a role or it's sarah michelle gellar in a role as another slayer we've seen this happen before and i think that would be a cool way to do things or maybe even reenacting certain things from that i think it could work in some way it's gonna happen though and i think i just want it to be i wanted to do this justice because this was a great show don't fuck it up uh amanda the three r's what are you thinking?
1: Well, I, I feel like I'm I'm with you in terms of I feel like they're going to try to do a I don't know necessarily if it's a full reboot, but I could see them doing something like what they did with Supernatural, um, you know, and whether maybe it's kind of like, again, you know, following other Slayers and just like just like, you know, everyone here's we've we've talked about, you know, just. The concept of you know there's there's other slayers that we could pursue but i could i could see very again very similar you know where you have some of your core characters coming back in their parts maybe having cameos here and there to maybe help the series get off the ground but i think we're going to have it's still going to be a buffy themed series but i don't think it's going to be a full relaunch or full reboot of the original series if they do I don't see that going well, unless they maybe go in a darker direction like Sabrina, kind of what, what what they do with okay. it, Um, I could see if you go about it from that perspective, from a complete reboot, I don't know if that would be super popular, but look at Sabrina, it's really popular, and I loved the OG show. I loved the Sabrina the Teenage Witch, how lighthearted it was and everything, but this is such a darker connotation, but it still worked. Um, and you could, you could make. We were already getting elements of, of you know, very heavy moments and very dark moments. And again, even with hash dark moments with Buffy that you could push it more in the in in that direction. I I could see that as a possibility if they do a full blown relaunch. But again, I could see them treating this like, again, like I said, was supernatural, like what they did. Here's another aspect of the Buffy burst. We're still going to bring in some of the OG Sarah Michelle Geller may show up here and there. You know, uh, we'll bring in. I could see Allison Hannigan probably more than Sarah Michelle Geller, or even, again, Charisma Carpenter or maybe even Spike shows. Up. I don't know. But I feel like they could they could pepper in. Hopefully we don't get Riley. <laughs> that would be terrible. Or Dawn. It's the spinoff you guys are going to get. Oh, I know. But I, I could see only if Riley happening. gets killed
0: off really quickly. Then I'll be like, all right. Oh all
1: right. darn! He got killed off. Oh no! no um, not Riley. Worst thing ever. Worst thing ever. But um, but yeah, I could see that more so than a full blown. Let's get the whole cast back together. I mean, I could see them doing like a special or something like that, or even kind of like what they did with the Audible. But I think even in terms of having them be very involved in a full scale relaunch, I don't see everybody getting back together for that. I see certain people more so than others. But again, I I. Personally, I'd be curious to see what a a Sabrina Riverdale kind of darker spin of Buffy would be like.
0: Or they just do like British shows would do like it's the holiday special and it's Halloween is the holiday special. And that would be and bringing the original cast back together for an adventure.
3: One off, good work, Ben. For me, if it completely disregards this show, I'm not gonna have like any emotional attachment to it. So I don't think I'm gonna be bought in from the beginning. I don't think a lot of fans are probably not gonna be bought in from the beginning. I would have to hear really good things before I give it a shot. Uh, so I like the idea of it being an anthology series. I mean, where it could be a different place. What I really wanted because they pitched like all these spinoffs right when it stopped. Uh, the one, I mean, they had like the Ripper that was supposed to be based off of Giles, but the one that I really, really wanted was Faith, like as a spinoff, because that would be sick. She's a yeah. human character, so her being aged would be like appropriate versus like trying to do something with Spike now. Like that would be hard to do. Anybody that's supposed to be a vampire? Um, so yeah, Eliza Dushku, I don't think is really acting anymore. She's more directing and doing other types of projects. Um, but if she could, you know, be brought back in some capacity uh, to a show, that would be great. But you know, we're talking about like rebooting or relaunching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's not Buffy the Vampire Slayer without Sarah Michelle Gellar in the role of, of Buffy. And so if you recast yeah. in some capacity, it's it's going to be tough. It's a tough sell, you know, for me, I think. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it would have to be an offset. It wouldn't be like Buffy. But it would be interesting because if you put it, honestly, even if this was on cable now, like, they can you pretty much do whatever you want. Like if it was on FX, like the scene where we were talking about that we thought was so, you know, gory and violent and hard where he's got the knife, like they would have actually shown the knife go into the dude and start cutting out his heart, like on TV. Like you can make it as dark as you want when you don't have all the censorship that you do, uh, you know, when you were making it back in 1999. So, it could be a very dark show, but as you know, Anne said, you don't make something unless you can improve upon it. And how the hell do you improve upon you know the, one of the best shows ever made? Uh, it's, it would be a hard sell for fans. So I think you've got to have original people involved or at least acknowledge it for it to, to work at all.
0: Okay, guys, we're going to close the podcast out with this.
3: We are just going to give our
0: final why we love this show. And then when you finish, just get, tell us where people can find you online. And I'll set the tone for everyone so we know how to do it. For me, this was a show, like I said, that it was something it was I thought it was one of the coolest shows when it first aired. And then I went back to it and I was like, wow, this show is so much deeper, so much more fun so well acted, so well directed and written, despite who did all that. And it's just such a show that should creak and stumble and age poorly because it's such a product of, it was a mid to to late 90s, early 2000s teen show originally. And it was just supposed, I mean, it had all the trappings. It had the club where they had the bands, and it had like, it was just like, it just was so formulaic in that respect, but it got weird. It got, and it was funny and it was scary and it was sad and it was hopeful and it was uplifting and it was really well done. And it just has, while it's, and it's not in a nostalgic way, this show feels a bit timeless because it deals with the supernatural and it feels like they're not just a product of their time this is just a show that could take place at any time just maybe lacking the technological advancements and maybe just like a a coat of hd paint but this show just holds up so well and i'm so stoked that i i've been able to watch and be able to talk about it with you guys and if you've never watched it wow you stayed through a whole goddamn podcast about it but if you if, or if you haven't watched them in a long time go re-watch it and in this show holds up except for the Riley stuff because that guy sucks so uh and also the whole spike thing we talked about but if uh so thank you for listening my name is Bill Bodkin of course I'm the host for this podcast in the host chair for this podcast uh you could follow me at on Twitter at Bodkin but most importantly follow the pop break on all your favorite streaming all your favorite social media platforms at the pop break and uh please rate review and subscribe to this podcast And Ann Hale, tell us why you love Buffy and tell people where they could find you on the internet if you even want them to.
2: Um, I love Buffy because I grew up with Buffy. Um, I was a teenager when she was a teenager. Um, I was figuring out my sexuality when Willow was figuring out her sexuality. You know, I was going through heartbreak at the same time. I was, you know, dealing with loss when they were dealing with loss. Um, And I think anybody that watches the show, like at, at any time, even if 20 years from now, they're going to be going through those same exact things that they went through because yeah. these are real things that happen to real people. Um, and they still happen, you know, even as at almost 40 years old, you know, I'm still, I still deal with heartbreak and I still deal with loss. Um, so it's, it's always relevant for me. Uh, so for me, it will always be the greatest show ever made. Um, that was
0: that was a little bit of emotion there. Aniel. I'm proud of you.
2: I love Buffy so much. People <laughs> know on my Scream obsession, but. I don't think people understand my my buffy obsession um but as for like socials um i use instagram the most it's at scarletjupiter um and i also recently produced uh the mutilator or the sequel to the 1984 movie the mutilator it's mutilator 2. um so people can follow my instagram page for that too it's at mutilator 2 um and give us some support for
0: that yeah well i didn't know you did that so i'll make sure a little site <laughs> cool. i run uh uh you know gives it some love as well so ben we know you love sarah michelle geller but tell us why you love buffy and then tell people they could find you on the internet
3: yeah aside from the obvious right and that. Then- I don't necessarily remember, but that might be the reason why me and Ann bonded while we were working at the steakhouse back at ECU so long ago, is we probably somehow got in a conversation about Buffy and our love of the show. And And
1: Duke basketball. And Duke
3: (laughs) basketball, obviously, too. so, yeah, I mean, aside from the obvious of my obsession with Sarah together, uh that will forever remain. It's a hilarious show. It's scary. It's action packed. It's sexy. It's emotional. And the storytelling is still as good as anything that you'll see on TV uh, today. I, you know, it's way more hit than miss. Like with all the episodes, uh, there's a lot of series that just have a lot of filler. Uh, and I feel like this one brings it almost all the time. Um, and then, yeah, as probably kind of mentioned it's still relevant. Like it was designed, you know, the monsters were supposed to represent the things that you're you know, afraid of as you're growing up and, and really represent, you know, things like bullying and, uh, you know, your different fears, peer pressure, abandonment, stuff like that. And, and that's always going to be relevant. Um, so yeah, I mean, aside from that extremely well acted, uh, they did some really inventive stuff with, with practical effects. Like this is a show that was made back in the nineties and still looks like really good. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, it's always gonna hold up. Gonna keep rewatching it. I'm never gonna get to Ann's numbers. That's not possible at this stage of my life. I could never catch up uh, unless I just quit my job and devote my life to it. But uh, but yeah, gonna keep rewatching it. Uh, my co-host Amanda, you love about Buffy.
0: Tell people they could
3: find you. Tell them about that podcast you're doing.
1: uh, uh well, really quick, Ben, did you say where we you? Oh we were no, your Social. No, that's why she's
3: a good co-host. Uh so yeah, at at BD Murkison, uh, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, um. And uh, my dog at TK42Woof. Uh, if you want to follow him, he's far more adorable than anything that I'll be posting on mine. Uh, stuff that's come out recently, I did a review on the final season of Reservation Dogs, which you can find on ThePopRate.com. Phenomenal show. Please watch it if you haven't yet. It's on Hulu. Um, and I promise, Bill, I will be doing my uh, my, my audible review on uh, the Buffy Buffyverse uh, Slayer story. So excited to, to get that out to you soon, too. Thanks, Yeah, definitely
1: definitely had to shout out the uh i glad you shout out the reservation docs because i read it and so it was good. really, good. Love it was really good so yeah and don't you mean on x ben
3: yeah on, yeah I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i didn't yeah. want any, didn't any weird jokes from bill
1: <laughs> some somebody had to say it bill wasn't gonna do it i was do it um basically as as for me um I really love Buffy because it it really does have everything in it. You know, yes, some of the the special effects are gonna date. Some of the the time the a few of the references are gonna be a little dated. Um, but you can't, you know, great storytelling is timeless. And this had everything in it. You had a little bit of romance, you had, you know, the supernatural elements, you had tragedy, you had your really happy moments, you had just just your know, friendship bonds growing. I mean, you no know, Willow and Buffy—that's like a solid friendship, right there. That's a the friendship you all wanted, and this show still makes me want to. Maybe Miss Delia's. Do y'all remember that at all? Yeah, I miss Delia's every time I watch it because I used to shop there in the nineties, and I miss it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Sorry. yes, brings yes. You back, bring me back. Yeah, I, I, you know, so I mean, it it has its fun nostalgia moments, but you know, the 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 special effects, the makeup was great like some of the again like with even with hush like the gentleman just and i love watching shows like that now that focus on like makeup artists and like kind of the the artist the artistry that goes into that because of shows like buffy um and i mean you know everybody acted the heck out of it and it was it was you could relate to uh, to at least one character you know, on the show that you could you could be like, yeah, like I know, I know like a Cordelia, you know, or, hey, I'm the Willow or hey, like, you know, it it it's such a well done show that you don't, it, I feel like shows now don't necessarily have the same caliber of storytelling like we do. I mean, it, there are great shows out there that they do and they have to be really, really good, um, but they're not always consistent. And Buffy was consistent all the way through, even with the lower low episodes, like it's a high, it's at a high bar. Um, so that's, that's why i really enjoyed it and again for me personally it was a way for me to bond with my sister and i'm i'm here for it and and we still talk about it to this day um and just so that's why i love it and of course um y'all can follow me on social media at uh, at amandalorian on instagram and i don't know if people still use threads but i'm on threads there too uh at resner's chick on x and brandon and i started a cosplay a public cosplay page uh, slash nerd page <laughs> yeah I, we wanted to show it, the hard part about my my social media is usually private because of my child um so we wanted a public space to kind of share share more um yeah. without with protecting him a little bit more so check us out you know we're at brandalorian yes we we pond we put both our names the superpowers combined and here we are um so feel free to follow us if you want to check out some more our, our cool cosplays um and of course you know josh Sernicki and i also host uh, anime pop in addition to me uh, co-hosting this pot- podcast which I love this is it's a lot of fun so uh, we're going to be talking about my my happy marriage at spy family this this month we're actually recording this weekend and then next weekend we will be talking or next weekend I'm sorry next month we will be talking about the series finale or the anime finale of um, attack on type so that is coming to an end so we'll be we'll be covering that and Brandon and I will be Showing up on Allie and Tyler's pod. It was still too much, but we were excited to show up on not so couple goals. So I'll transition it at that point to Allie.
0: Wow. Wow. It's like she's way better at podcast hosting than me. So, <laughs> Allie, you put Buffy on your wedding cake. Tell us why you love it.
4: You know, I like I said, I, I grew up in a horror house, but, you know, I, I was watching Aliens. I was watching The X-Files. But what those, those two also had in common was they both had these really strong female leads. Gillian Anderson is Dana Scully. Uh, Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley. Those were two like major women that became influences on me. So when Buffy came out, that was the biggest thing that drew me in. I already liked a Monster of the Week story because of the X-Files. And then having the Monster of the Week, having it be all centered around this wonderful character of Buffy Summers played just to perfection by Sarah Michelle Gellar. When Buffy went through things, like I felt them. like I was like devastated anytime she was devastated. But she always... She was a role model for me. And I felt like, you know, I was bullied a lot as a kid. I didn't have the easiest time growing up, but I always felt like, you know, I'm not going to stoop to people's levels because I got to be like Buffy. And like that, like having that as a young child to grow up with really in a weird way, like set me like, to the path of becoming the person i am better or worse i guess uh today like the the humor definitely was a big thing that hooked me in i always loved the quippiness um I, the fashion really influenced me i i was watching it the other day and being like that's why i started wearing knee-high boots with everything i'm known like as like loving buffy and like loving boots and it's like yeah it was the the 90s fashion of sarah michelle geller with the mini skirts and the boots that definitely set me on the path for how i like still tr- dress to this day uh I just feel like the acting in general, like the writing, the the bonds that the characters had, the casting on this really just like solid, very few casts like really just came together the way that this one did and made you feel like they were people in your actual life. And this show really yeah. set the, you know, set TV in a different, like we wouldn't, I just rewatched uh, the first three seasons of Veronica Mars. We would not have had a show that's amazing like Veronica Mars without Buffy leading the way in the years before that. And whole, it changed the whole landscape of TV. So, you know, there's like college classes about it. Uh, and I think that's why we're still talking about it today. That's why it's still being rebooted. There's different comic spins offs and all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, if you want to ha- hear more about me loving Buffy, I definitely write about it on the line a lot. So uh, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram and threads at retentive A-N-E-L-R-E-T-E-N-T-I-V-E. Best,
0: the best handle
2: ever. <laughs> it ever. is
4: thank you you can find me uh on tiktok and youtube i am at like willie nelson spelled like the the singer <laughs> like willie nelson yes it, <laughs> i did not whenever Excuse i give you. someone my name and i need them i need to spell it i always have to say ally nelson like willie nelson but with an a and then they get it because it's spelled the same way so that's why it's my handle i post little like comedy videos sketches some of my stand-up all of that kind of stuff um i i finally got my actual name on blue sky social so you can follow me at ally nelson i am the original ally nelson there screw you other ally nelsons who keep taking the, the handle <laughs> um and i'm gonna be in a movie that is coming out soon it is called megalo uh so keep an eye out for that uh i will post more information when we actually have our screenings
0: i like how this podcast was just by the way i'm starring i'm gonna be in a movie by the way i produced a movie it's just (laughs) like who knew breaking news the one-time pop break breaks news there we go so guys anybody wants to put me in a movie uh (laughs) i know it's same um so guys thank you so much for joining us i gotta tell you guys to to my to my uh, my 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 friends on this podcast what a shitbox of a day i had usually thursdays are pretty bad for me but this really just made my day and brightened my spirit so thank you for coming on and talking and hanging out with me uh, just to give everyone, cause we're not like doing a review series right now. I just want to give everyone a quick rundown of what we're doing next week. Alex Marcus is going to join us. We're going to be doing our low key mid season check-in the following week. We are going to do our doctor who, Special. We're gonna be talking about all the doctors in advance of whenever the fuck the Doctor Who comes out on Disney Plus because it's November. Guys, November's in two weeks. Uh then we're gonna be doing Loki finale and the Marvels, the NFC East group therapy session. Oh Jesus, I have a lot to talk uh-huh, about. Same. And, and then we're going on Thanksgiving break. We're gonna have our, our uh Doctor Who review episodes, we think then. It's the holiday special, uh, our three episodes where we close out the year with one dedicated to Ali's husband, Tyler, where we talk about Home Alone because it's only appropriate to talk about Home Alone in December or during the holidays because if not, you're a pervert. And that's how I leave all of you this week. Go watch Buffy. Go enjoy Halloween. Uh See you later.